All right, how's it going, everybody? It looks like everything is working. So I know exactly what happened. We, I just uh, swapped out the cameras to 4K. And I guess it wasn't actually, we had an audio problem. It wasn't really an audio problem. It was a computer problem that was negatively impacting everything. So everything was stuttering. I guess it's good now. So we're back. We got big news. Oh, man, I was really excited with that opening before when I said the hammer hath fallen. They, uh, they charged a Virginia Democrat with two felonies for tearing down, conspiring to tear down a, a, a statue, Confederate monument. The only thing is she's 76. So I'm not quite sure like how you actually, you know, what do you do? You lock up a 76 year old. Anyway, so we'll talk about this and where we're going. There's also another big story where they, they tore down a statue of George Washington again. But this was last week. And now they've caught the people who did it. We got six arrests. The other big news we have is censorship. And the good news there is we're joined by Bill Ottman. I introduced hey, you hey. just a second ago, but I'm, Here we you're, are. you're being introduced again. So there's, there's Bill. Bill, uh, you're the co-founder, CEO of Minds, I guess. I guess. I guess. <laughs> I'm like, I don't know. We just did this, but then the thing broke. So it's like. Yeah. Psyched to be here, man. Right on. Awesome. Yeah. So uh, we had a bunch of big accounts get, get shut down. We uh, Babylon B, which is a very famous parody uh, website, much like The Onion, very political, got, temp- got shut down. I, I, I thought it was like a, a total ban, but then they restored it very quickly. And then we had Bill Mitchell. So this is a couple days ago. He's a huge Trump supporter, and he got shut down. Then we saw Titanium McGrath, very famous parody account, mocking woke people. Now Andrew Doyle, who runs the account, is locked out. And the censorship plays a huge role in why everything seems to be going nuts. Because if the people who challenge the status quo aren't allowed to speak, then it just runs off the rails. So, you know, we got Bill here. People have talked a lot about mines. Did they say what happened specifically to Babylon B? What the reason was? Nope. Count Dankula tweeted that a bunch of accounts that challenged the left got shut down. And so it might have been caught up in this big sweep where, look, it's just the way it is, man. No comedy. No comedy allowed. No. Yeah. Because every, everything's offensive. It's like Fahrenheit 451. If it's offensive, we've got to go. So we got, uh, we've also got some other, uh, in that vein, DC Comics getting woke and going broke. I don't think that's really, that's really your forte, but we're going we're gonna, to hey, thrust you. I used to have, you. I used to have Marvel decks, not <laughs> DC decks, Marvel decks. And then uh, this, this is actually really cool because we're just going to have fun with it at the end. You've got, we got some aliens and we got, uh, there's a house that's kind of going viral. It's got, a, it's got a prison in it. It's got a full nine cell prison. You walk into this house, and you're like, what a really nice house. And then you walk in the basement, and you're like, this dude's a murderer. But it looks really cool. So, it's just uh, like your prison. No, downstairs is really nice. <laughs> no one's supposed to know about that. Yeah. So, uh, and also, of course, Lydia's hanging out. Yeah, I'm over here in, we, uh, and, in chair two. Oh, Producing man. again. It's we, great. I, we, we, I got such big news, man. We're going to we're gonna do a show. If you haven't already, smash that like button. Subscribe. Hit the notification bell. We're live Monday through Friday at 8 p.m. We, listen... I apologize for the technical difficulties. We totally upgraded the studio just the other night. And if only you could see it, it's amazing. It's cool. Bill knows. There's a very big screen next to us. There's a very big TV. Yeah. Yes. So this, this led ultimately to the hiccups we just had where the, the audio uh, cut out. So I apologize for that. But the, but the news is, boy, do we got a bunch of guests coming. So uh, Bill's here. And I'm stoked. I, we, we've, we've worked on stuff. I've known Bill for a long time. And Minds is one of the potential solutions to the censorship crisis. 
that's, you know, uh, I will also briefly mention it's going to start thunderstorming. So if the power goes out, you know, you know, I got backup batteries. They last about 10 minutes. So we'll be able to like sign off while the, the thing screeches. The power is shutting off. Um, but it is thunderstorming. But uh, we got a bunch of guests. I don't know who I can announce. Uh, the redheaded libertarian Josie will be here mm-hmm. um, next week. And uh, Carrie Smith is going to be here tomorrow. She wrote an article. I actually uh, read a part of it for a segment. She is a liberal voting for Trump. And then we have Jack Murphy the next day who literally wrote the book on Democrats voting for Trump. So we've got a bunch of guests lined up. Oh, man. And I'm going to I'm not going to say, I guess, who the later guests are. Tune in on Friday. Tune in on Friday. Yes. Because I, I have to clear it with some of these, you know, some of the guests before I announce yeah. they're going to be here. I'm stoked. Yeah. But there's a, a we got some cool people. It, it, for some reason, this week is all about liberals voting for Trump. Don't ask me why. It's just it's how it played out. But let's do this. Let's jump over to the first story. The one that you guys are very Ooh. interested in. Oh, you see. You Here's see, the top of Tim's head. This is what I was talking about with yeah. the thing breaking. So you're going to watch me do. Uh, you're going to watch me fix this in real time. I told you it was breaking, right? We fixed this before the show, actually. And then and it broke yeah. and we had to reset it. Then we here we are doing it again. We, I, I, I assure you, we did fix all these things. And then it crashed just now. Mm-hmm. This is, it's not my fault. <laughs> I, take, I take only a little bit of the responsibility. So, oh man, this is so much fun. It can be clipped as a how-to. That's right. Yes. So you fix here, it. here is how you uh, uh, fix the problem when your cameras, we, we upgrade them to uh, 4K, and then the whole thing breaks. Is someone saying there's an, there's an echo now? Oh, for Pete's sake. Oh, man. Mm-hmm. Well, that's a bummer. Thunder or lightning, echo, echo. I can't control the echo. I have no idea what's causing that. That's really weird. I can. Uh, I don't see a lot of that. What are people saying? Uh, none Reverb, of that. not yeah, echo. I'm not seeing oh, any. Weird. Yeah. Hmm. Well, look how crazy the camera looks. We just whatever. We're man. gonna wing it. We're gonna go with it, and hopefully, you can still hear it. People are saying no echo. I don't I hear think echo. We're okay. Whatever. We're, we're fine. Cool. Here's the big story. Senator Lucas charged with two felonies for June incident at the Portsmouth Confederate Monument. This is out of Virginia. This was back in June. We've seen a wave of these. Yeah, you guys know this, the riots where they're going in, they're tearing down statues. Well, now the hammers is being is dropping. We got two big stories about people being arrested for it. The crazy thing about this one is that this lady's actually an elected Democrat. They say the Portsmouth police chief, Angela Green, announced during a Monday afternoon press conference that State Senator Louise Lucas has been charged with two felonies for an incident at the city's Confederate monument on June 10th. She, among others, is facing charges of conspiracy to commit a felony and injury to a monument in excess of $1,000. Portsmouth officials held the briefing Monday afternoon to announce that several warrants have been secured against individuals more than two months after the incident at the city's Confederate monument. So it sounds like it's not just her. It's going to be a bunch of other people. Green issued a statement, but did not take any questions as the investigation is ongoing, city officials said. On June 10th, the Confederate monument was vandalized and broken apart by protesters, which culminated with a protester being seriously injured when part of the statue fell on him. So I remember this. Did you, did you ever see the story? No. They pulled the statue down on a dude's head. I saw that. Yep. Yep. And this is why I, I always try to tell my friends when they're complaining about, I have a bunch of progressive friends, and they'll be like, well, they're Confederate statues, you know? And my response is always, it fell on someone's head. You know, that's the, look, if you want to remove it, I get it. But at the very least, you've got to have some kind of safe. Uh, safety. And honestly, even after it happened, people weren't crowding around helping. 
it seemed like people were still just sort of standing there like oh did that just hit somebody but still like not immediately going to help them yeah that's because they're not paying attention and they're just throwing ropes and pulling it down and they're i think they're emulating what they see in like the middle east and other countries and so none of them really know what they're doing it's just it's all fun and games and then people get seriously hurt let's read a little bit more they say since then a team of investigators compiled evidence including video from that day as a result of the investigation, detectives determined that several individuals performed felonious acts and have taken out warrants against them, including Lucas, as well as a Portsmouth school board member. Whoa. Wow. Lakeisha S. Clue Atkinson, members of the NAACP and members of the Public Defender's Office. Wait, wait, wait. Whoa. They took it. Wait, hold on. They got warrants against members of the NAACP and the. Yeah, it, I saw no, that. No, no, no. This is wrong. I'm, I'm reading this wrong, aren't I? No, several individuals performed felonious acts. Even the public defender's office? Wow. Man, I t- didn't realize that. The initial source I had was The Hill. I like to pull up the original sources, though. And then I go through. I'm like, yep, this all adds up. Wow. So they have a full press conference on it. Here's, here's the full list of those facing charges of conspiracy to commit a felony and injury to a monument in excess of $1,000. State Senator Louise Lucas, James Boyd of the NAACP, Louis Gibbs, NAACP, uh, then we have Lakesha uh, Hicks, NAACP, Lakeisha S. Clue, a school board member. These next people I'm not going to name because it doesn't really say anything about what they do, but check this out. Here's the list of individuals facing a felony charge of injury to a monument in access of $1,000. Brenda Spry, public defender. Alexander Stevens, public defender. Wow. Meredith Kramer, public defender. Wow, man. Now my mind is blown. That's crazy. Wow, dude. Green asked that anyone with an active warrant turn themselves in. Public defenders. The police department is asking for help identifying 13 additional people. Detectives are asking that the public take a look at these photos and reach out if you recognize them. Call the Portsmouth crime line. Wow, man. The hammer has fallen. You, you, you've been seeing a lot about this, right? I mean, it's been happening in my town. You, it seems so unnecessary because towns are voting to take down the statues. So... It's you don't need to tear it down. Like it seems like some of them plenty of legal votes happening to take some of them. Some of them they keep defending the statues. But you know what? You know what really bothers me is the whole conversation has been nothing but Confederate. That that that's all I hear. Like there's there's so you know what I you know what I always see, and I don't I I don't know if you can answer to this or like uh, add to this as like someone who runs a social network on Facebook. I get inundated with these memes, and the left has these memes. It's like, it seems to be where they get their news. I mean, factually, there was a, a study done by a group called Newswhip that found the left gets their news from Occupy Democrats, which is a, a meme farm, whereas the right, it's Fox News, which is just conservative news source. So there's a meme right now where it's like, here's why Trump and the, and the Republicans are defending Confederate statues. And these memes go viral. And it's all people see when the real argument is actually about George Washington, Ulysses S. Grant, Hans Christian Hegg, and about not committing felonies because sometimes statues fall on people's heads. So I don't know, you know, if, if it just in terms, cause I, maybe, maybe we should save this for more of the censorship segment, but I mean, Facebook's only feeding people this fake news. You know what I mean? Yeah. The, the statues need to be recontextualized so that people can understand their place in history and time. And like, there's just other ways to do it. Well, I mean, like, I guess what I was trying to ask is about how do we get people to realize? Actually, look, I'll show you this. This is what I was trying to get to. 
Six Black Lives Matter protesters are arrested for tearing down and defacing George Washington statue at L.A. City Hall as cops recover gas mask, laser pointer, helmets, goggles, arm protectors, and, cha- uh, and change of clothing to conceal identity. That, first of all, they're rioters. But I guess the, 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 what I was trying to get to is we have all of these news stories about how they're tearing down actual founding fathers. But whenever you go on social media, you just see the left sharing memes about Confederate statues. Right. It made that leap and nobody really acknowledged it. Trump did. And when he did, the media lied and said, Confederate, Confederate, Confederate. Now, I think I know why the media does it. They don't, they don't want to admit that they entertained these, these, these riots and now they're tearing down George Washington. But I guess, I guess my question to you, if you can speak to this, is how do we break that where the left only sees the fake news? You know what I mean? Right. It's like building echo chambers, how to break echo chambers. So you need to... I, I do believe in chronological feeds. I, in a sense, I believe in being able to create, having the right to be able to create your own echo chamber and not forcing people to see stuff that they don't want to see. But I personally like to break my own echo, echo chamber. And I think providing tools to let people see the other side is super important. So I mean, there, are, there could be mechanisms for that. The, the issue I see with Facebook is that while I agree with you, you know, I follow who I want to follow. And, and yeah, I think if you're a smart, reasonable person, you're trying to follow as many different voices as possible. Right. Twitter periodically will switch me back to algorithmic mode. So, so I'll just try to explain this for those that aren't familiar. Uh, you, said, you said reverse chronological. It's, yeah. That's basically whoever you follow when they post, you see it. What all of these sites have been trying to ch- have been changing to, like YouTube included, is algorithmic, meaning they're going to show you what they think you want to see. Or is that is that the right way to explain it? Yeah, what they know you're more likely to engage <laughs> with. <laughs> yeah, so sometimes it's fake news. It's just so annoying on Twitter. Like they they revert you back every time. There's that little star icon yep. on the top, and t- so you can go over to chronological. I mean, a lot of the sites don't even allow you to do that. But you know, people are just not going to click that button very often. I, I have to check every so often. Yeah. Man, do I get angry. Because for me, it's really important following news that I get the latest news up to date. Mm -hmm. And then, yeah, every so often I'll be like, that's strange. Didn't this story happen a day ago? You son of a... And then I got to click it and switch it back. They won't let you keep it. Right. It keeps trying to switch it on you. (laughs) So so listen, in in, in reference to what we're seeing here, there's two big things that that I think we get as to why a woman would tear down this, you know, face felony charges. First, I'll say this. She's 76. She probably thought... I'll go to prison, whatever, you know, it's, 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 I'm 76. What else am I going to do? Tear it down. And now there you go. Right. Yeah. Younger people, they got their whole lives ahead of them. So that, you know, the older activists probably jump in, but I think a lot of these younger people, because they're only seeing what they want to see, they go out and they join these, you know, these riots and they, they, they end their lives. Like, I mean, like with prison, do you, you see what happened in New York with the Molotov cocktail couple? No. I know this is out of your wheelhouse. You're a social media guy. So I'm just going to, you know, I guess talk at you for a second. There's a couple people. They uh, they had Molotovs. They're two lawyers, early 30s, pull up, launch them at police vehicles, hand them out or so- something that affect. Now their lives are over. A lot of these people are going to prison and they're getting wrapped up in this like fake. I, th- I call it a paranoid delusional state. But which people are getting let off? Like, what is the consensus around which states and cities are just letting the the rioters off versus not 
Well, I guess if you throw a Molotov, you're right. not getting That's let another off. Level. You know? Yeah, New York let a bunch of people go mm-hmm. for low-level protest offenses like violating COVID lockdown. Dallas, uh, not Dallas, uh, Fort Worth, I pre- I'm, I'm pretty sure they're different, uh, released people for literal rioting charges. I think some of these may have been felonies. And then in Portland, they're just straight up like, you can go. Just letting, yeah, so, letting people go. Yeah, that is causing their police force to quit in mass, right? And isn't their public defender friends with Antifa, dude? Who? I saw something like that. The Portland public defender. Well, he, he did an interview, apparently. The Portland public defender did like an interview on some far left show talking about how he's going to be releasing these people. So I think you see, you know, with I, I'm sorry, man, I, I didn't I didn't realize public defenders like this is this is crazy. These are people in government who are breaking the law, tearing things down. It's like the rule of law is just crumbling. And I, I, I think it has a lot to do with only being fed certain information. Because we, We've actually talked about this quite a bit over the past week. If the only thing people see is far left, then that's the only direction they can go. You know, so it's, it's kind of like COVID where you keep getting inundated with news about how the world is ending and no one can see otherwise. So then businesses stay locked down. Well, Facebook got exposed for the, the Princeton, the secret Princeton study they did trying to alter people's moods. What? Yeah, they, this was like five years ago, but basically Whoa. they, without telling anybody, injected both positive and negative emotional content into people's feeds and found that they could change their emotions I remember through this. what they fed to them. Dude. And so, yeah, obviously what you consume is what you become unless you make sure to consume a diverse amount of content. Yeah. Well, but on Facebook, it's not... I mean, you, you sort of can't. You can't. Because out of the... Look, I'm, I'm, I'm on Facebook for me, I'm maxed out because I just... I get so many friends requests, friend requests, you can't even... I don't even think you can actually request. You're so cool, dude. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> it's... I, you know, some people don't do this. They just deny everybody, make their accounts private so it's only their friends and family. Very early on, I just didn't care and started hitting accept. So now my feed is just random garbage. And I, I, you know what I see more than anything, though? Mm. I almost exclude, I would say 80% of the memes I see are left-wing fake news conspiracy stuff. Things like, you know, there, there, there's one going around from Occupy Democrats. I think, I think it's Occupy, Dem- Occupy Democrats saying, not a single Democrat is for open borders, wants to take away your guns, or, you know, you know is trying to kill babies or whatever. And I'm like, oh, no, no, it, yeah, it was like, not a single Democrat wants non-citizens to vote. And I'm like, all of these things are very easily disproven with like mainstream acceptable sources that say, yeah, there are Democrats who want these things. But then I, I personally only see on Facebook. Well, I, I shouldn't say only, but like 80% of the time, the memes are left wing. Very few right wing. Maybe that says something about what I interact with. So, you know, you know what it might be? I'm like commenting, but it's not true. So then Facebook just sends me more of the same. Well, there's no way we can know because we have no idea what the algo is doing. So it's <laughs> just, I mean, thousands of variables are determining what you're seeing. And for sure, they're punishing memes they can even read the language in the meme without any text associated with it with all of their yeah you know image recognition there there's a uh for youtube you can put an image i forgot what it's called you know what it's called the google program where you put an image, image search no 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 no. You, you can load an image and then it will read any text found oh, in right. the image yeah so they're they're shadow banning memes by detecting the language and the the symbolism in it so, like, do it's, you it's think just happening yeah do you think that Facebook is intentionally manipulating information for political or financial reasons? Yes, but I 
will caveat that with it is weird that there are, you know, Peter Thiel's on their board. Yeah. Who's, you know, voted for Trump. Right. Yeah. He's anti-SJW for sure. Yeah. So it's not black and white like these companies, like there's warfare happening within these these companies. But I think it's clearly dominated by super draconian content policies that don't allow a huge spectrum of speech. It's not just against conservative. It's also against, you know, anti-authoritarian progressives, LGBTQ, anti-war, any sort of more edgy material. So it's, you know, people like to, I, I would agree that conservatives get the the brunt, but it's not that black and white for sure. Yeah. Yeah. There's, there was a, a report by project Veritas that found it's, it's pronounced live action, right? It's live action. Yeah, I feel so. Mm-hmm. Yeah, live action is a pro-life organization. They were being just outright censored on Pinterest. Veritas released this, doc, this, this blacklist document, and they also had anti-media, which is yep. a progressive anti-war, you know, mm-hmm. for the most part, anti-police brutality. And I saw that too, and I'm like, this is interesting because a lot of Occupy, account, uh, Occupy Wall Street accounts got shut down too. So it's not just conservatives. It's basically anti-establishment. Yeah, the anti-media crew, I, I, I knew them. They wrote, you know, they were very diligent in writing articles. Like, you know, maybe they got some things wrong, but like those guys worked hard. But right? why, why, why blacklist anyone? Yeah, you know? exactly. That's the, you that's subscribe, the get the content. Like, just yep. let me decide who I'm seeing, and if they're annoying me, I can unfollow them. It's yeah. just that simple. Like, you need that option. But that sounds naive. Oh, They know that. Yeah. I'm not trying to drag you. I'm saying, like, they, these companies, they know this. They're doing it because it empowers them. Yeah. You know? So, so here, let's, let's, let's do this. Let's jump right over to the, to the next bit. We have a tweet from Mr. Count Dankula. Oh, yeah. Count Dankula is awesome, mm-hmm. by the way. I hope you guys uh, follow him. He says, Twitter just did a mass banning of parody accounts that make fun of far left rhetoric, but none of the accounts that mock right wing rhetoric. <sighs> so first, this is this was before all this went down. Pro Trump pundit permanently suspended from Twitter. The conservative pundit Bill Mitchell has been permanently suspended from the social media platform. Uh, and this is confirmed to the Hill. Mitchell has been permanently suspended for violating the Twitter rules by using one account to evade the suspension of another account. A Twitter spokesperson said in an email. Mitchell confirmed the suspension in a post on social media app Parler, mm. though he asserted he was booted from Twitter over his stance on wearing a mask amid the coronavirus pandemic. Twitter just suspended me for opposing masks. Who knows if I'll ever be back? Mitchell said, I'm sure the decision wasn't political at all. I have a quick question for you. You run a company, so I'm sure you have a legal department. If you accused somebody of doing a thing for which you banned them and it was not true, you clearly face legal liability, right? Like if you said, I, we, we banned Tim Pool for manipulating the platform with multiple accounts, and I didn't do that, you're lying. It's like, it's like slander, libel, defamation. Yeah, I mean, we could get into some of the Patreon lawsuit. That, I mean, oh. <laughs> well, I mean. Why is that getting no attention? The Patreon lawsuit? Yeah. I think we're waiting for updates. I've seen not a single major article about that. This is bad news for Patreon. Yeah. Because they're based in California. I mean, I, not a single mainstream article about it of course it's silicon valley they're in trouble they're it's their own rules you know yeah well but we'll we'll see when the i mean there was the the, uh, the daily dot covered it for those that aren't familiar with what happened patreon got sued su- uh, the, uh they, they, there was a request request for arbitration because they banned people then they sued those people trying to stop this because they would have to front millions of dollars 
They lost the suit and have to front millions of dollars. And now because of this, it sparked a big wave of attention. It was a huge mistake, stress and effect. They're getting a wave of people like Sargon, Lauren Southern, it's, you know, a couple other people. All of their fans are now going after Patreon. Patreon's going to have to front, what, 10, 20, 30, 40, 50, who knows how, how, many, how many millions. But, the, but the, re- the reason I asked you this specifically is Twitter likes to play these games, in my opinion. I don't know if it's true or not. When they suspend people and say something like, you know, uh, this person was using multiple accounts. But if they're not really, yeah, like how do we know? How do we, how do we know that's true? There's no. I want to see proof. You know what I mean? Yeah, I, I think there would be grounds for legal action, and that's why you need to provide a path to redemption. There, and that's mm-hmm. why we rolled out the jury system to keep ourselves in check in case we make mistakes. People can appeal it to the jury on minds, and it's just like you make mistakes, but the, the there's no talking to a human at Twitter or right. Facebook when you get banned. I mean, for some people, there is. For some people, yeah. Yep. If if you are wealthy, successful, famous, you're a big media company. You pick up that phone, no or problem. Your friends, a moderator. Yep. Yeah. And and we it is that incestuous. <laughs> That's yeah, one it's weird. It. <laughs> so, you know, we, uh, Jack actually talked about a path to redemption. A long Jack Dorsey of Twitter mm-hmm. a long time ago, because the the, uh, for, uh, the way it's explained, right? Let's say you're on Twitter. People use this to connect with politicians. You know, their local their local council things like this, and you say a naughty word that you didn't realize was a bad word, like hashtag learn to code or something. Now you're banned forever. Mm-hmm. You can never open a new account. You can never use the platform again. That's like a, a digital death sentence mm-hmm. from minor infraction. So, you know, Jack Dorsey's talked about a path to redemption. They've never done anything. Not, not, not that I know of. You guys have a jury system on minds. Yeah. Yeah, what, is, what does that do? Yeah, basically, if you get tagged or you know flagged nsfw and you think that it was wrong then it goes to a randomized group of 12 active users we are thinking about expanding that number to make it a little bit less um to make their less potential for abuse but it goes to 12 active users they vote and it can get overturned and and you can go and check the analytics and you know we've been we've made some mistakes but people got back yeah yeah, I remember like around the time you implement it, there were people accusing you of bias for banning them. They didn't even get banned. They got flagged NSFW because oh, something. And go. then they, th- but you can't even get banned for posting NSFW content on Minds. You can get your channel marked, which in order to, we want NSFW content, but yeah. we need to be able to put blurs in order to have that so that people who don't want to see that aren't seeing it. Anyway, I oh, actually so- did, I did a live stream with uh, this one guy, uh, Axe Seventeen Apologetic. YouTube channel and he he criticizes Islam and he said you know he was sensational on purpose when it happened and he sort of knew and uh, he said he was going to come yep. back and it was cool but you know I understand people are sensitive like for especially for platforms who say that they're free speech focused and then for bannings to happen like that's definitely scary so I you know straight up if something happens to you on minds or someone you know on their channel has happened just email info at minds.com. We're go- we'll work it out. We'll, we'll, we'll try to figure it out. I get emails all the time from people. They're like, Tim, you complain about censorship. Why won't you promote Minds and BitChute? And I'm like, I promote Minds. I went, well, Bill's here now. So, Bill, promote <laughs> Minds. Uh, yeah, the jury system, I think, was really, really smart. I remember when you told me you were rolling it out. This way, if something happens, it's like it was on 12 random users. Yep. Not necessarily you guys. And, and the, the mandate is to vote with the first amendment based policy, not to just vote on your opinion. Yeah. So 
you know, but I'm sure a lot of people, some people can try to game it and that's probably happening, but you just have to make a good faith effort. This is why I think you should, you should expand it to Mm -hmm. a lot more people. How many? I don't know. hundred, a thousand depends on how many Mm -hmm. active users you can pester. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? (laughs) But you know, the thing is what happens if it's just a bad day and you get six random bad people? It's a lot easier to get bad people when you have a smaller pool. It's, sure. it's much easier to avoid that. But there's, there's a couple other things I want to highlight real quick, too, so we can, you know, we can talk more about this. The Daily Caller reported, many reported, reported the Babylon Bee. So this is in line with what Count Dankula was saying. Channels that mock the left. And I mean, the Babylon Bee is general satire and, and parody. It's not even necessarily just targeting left, though it kind of is. They're technically a Christian site. Right, think, right, right, right. Yeah. And then we have uh, Kyle Mann. He confirmed it for spam and manipulation. And that's really, really weird. But they, they were brought back. They say, we're back. Twitter destroyed our headquarters <laughs> with a drone strike, but we are being assured it was an honest mistake. <laughs> I love it. It's fantastic. Yeah, so uh, we also have Titania McGrath. Check this out. Uh, are you familiar with Titania? Titania? I always thought it was Titania. It's Titania. Titania. Yeah, named for, what, who's it named for the fairy queen? queen? of the fairies, the yeah. Queen of the fairies. Yeah, didn't you say that a bookstore just mistakenly? Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah that's great. <laughs> that was so good. So uh, Titania is locked now. You gotta, you know, you've got to click accept. Actually, I'm pretty sure. I, oh, actually, I don't know if Titania actually has the uh, the the photo of the bookstore, but there is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, that was yeah, James. Th- yeah, it was because they got locked out. James James Lindsay posted it. Mm-hmm. Here's Andrew Doyle who runs it. He says it looks as though it was Titania McGrath's thread about medical science that got her locked out of Twitter. All I was doing was satirizing the tortious logic of critical theory and how it promotes dangerous ideas in the name of social justice. How is that worthy of a ban? Because they've banned a bunch of parody accounts, it would seem. Like they're going after them. You, you know what I think it is? For the longest time, the meme was, quote, the left can't meme. All of a sudden now there's a, there's a Reddit forum called the right can't meme. And it mocks these fake memes that, like, just not real. Like, somebody's purposely making bad memes that attack the left to blame the right. When an MIT technology review story and study found that the Donald and 4chan were the most prolific generators of memes. Yet, all of a sudden now it's being reversed. So, they're banning right-wing parody accounts. Satire is crucial, man. I'll die without it. Well, you, you know what some people say is that ridicule is one of the most effective weapons. Dude, if you, there's no point to the internet without comedy. I mean, I it's guess just, commerce. Oh, well, yeah. No, I, I, yeah. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> I can order, I, I can order my, uh, my underwear off Amazon, but, uh, but no jokes. That's too far. What, so- what? Yeah, well, go ahead. So do you think this is just the next step in their prep for November? Do you think that if we remove a little bit, do you think people will stop noticing that the comedy is only coming from the right if they nuke some of these satire sites? And why did they let the Babylon be back up, do you think? Because I really don't know. I mean, it's just arbitrary, it seems. And th- th- there's no consistency, so we have no idea what's going on. And, you know, Tim knows better than anybody i mean he grilled them himself and oh yeah i'd love just, round two there's n- we need round <laughs> yeah two. seriously what follow-up was there um a single thing periodically like i'll have a conversation with jack and he just you know he's like he's like a i don't know how to describe it he's just abusive you know 
he whispers all these sweet nothings into your ear. He massages your shoulders. Emotionally abusive. And he's like, no, 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 it's okay. It's okay. We're, we're going we're gonna to fix the platform. Come on, just come back. I, 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 won't, I won't suspend you again. I won't ban your friends. I won't shut you down. I won't hurt it was you, a baby. mistake. It was a mistake. I promise. Every single time. But the policy hasn't changed. Nothing's changed. It's gotten worse. <laughs> now now they're, they're, they're trying to ban, you know, satire. I think, you know, I think we have a hysteria problem in this country. That's where I think it's coming from. I think it has to do with the algorithms. I think the algorithms, it's really funny that we started seeing this phenomenon, and maybe you know about, more about this than I do, where it polarized everybody. So all of a sudden, there was no middle ground anymore. It was all either super left or super right. You know, then they banned all of the far right. So now everyone kind of moved over to a center right position. They don't want to get banned. So it's far left and center right. Yep. They are engineering polarization, radicalization, extremism. Like, and I think they know it because there's data scientists who work there and there's dozens of studies about how censorship increases violence, increases radicalization. So they act like they're being moral crusaders but they are creating extremists and now i'll you know keep myself in check and say obviously people can get radicalized on social media and people do get you know whether it's um islamic propaganda and whatever it is kkk but you need the open forum in order to give people no one is changing their mind if you kick them off it's not happening Right. They will never change. So that's pretty much the end of the argument. Yeah. They can't ever get better. So you have to think of it more from like a mental health perspective. I don't know, man. They just, they're, they're so powerful and they know this information. Then, then they're doing it on purpose. They're doing it on purpose. So what is it? They're trying to win an election? But the, it, yeah. And like the weird thing is if you look at Google or, I mean, or Twitter, because they have different policies in different countries. So, you know, the Twitter policy in Pakistan is totally different. It's way more restrictive than the Twitter policy in the U.S. And, you know, they're all like, oh, well, we won't go into China. You know, Google won't won't buckle for China. But Google is buckling for all of these other countries with super oppressive laws. So it's just and, and Google search has totally different censorship policies than YouTube. And it's like, what are you doing? Yeah, I'm I'm censored on, on Google. My main channels, you cannot Google search. This channel, however, you can. Yes. <laughs> it's almost like it was on purpose that we made a new channel. Oh, weird. If you, if you search for Timcast, like my, my actual channel, you can take, this is the craziest thing, you can take the full title of any one of my main channel videos from youtube.com slash Timcast, put the URL in Google, and Facebook comes up. Because I upload also to Facebook, the Facebook URL gets displayed on Google, not YouTube. Now, how does that make sense? Maybe, maybe now they're going to be like, there's no, there's no trust problem here. You know, you don't need to break up the company. See, we're promoting a competitor. Yeah, through right. search. Yeah, Timcast News and Timcast won't appear. Timcast IRL does. And this happened to a lot of other channels around the time we all started getting smeared. The left, I, I, in my opinion, I think many of these people in media know full well exactly what's going on. There's a radicalization initially I think because of Facebook, a radicalization in, two, in, in both directions. But there's very few, like, real, you know, um, quote-unquote, far-right people in the U.S. in the, you know, thousands yeah. out of millions. And I noticed one of the things that happens when you start to isolate all the right-wing people is that they just find little corners that make them happy, and they go off and find people who think just like them. And that is 
that's dangerous. Like, I really don't like the idea of pushing someone off a public platform so they can go find people who think just like them. Yeah. You know? Yeah, I mean, they don't care about the internet. The internet is... Wait, who's they? The, the extremists? The, the, the big tech censorship okay. platforms. Yeah, yeah. I mean, the, you have to think of the internet as a community. It's not... I mean, it, it's, a, it's a finite space. So right. they know what's going on, and they're just playing games. And honestly, they, they will probably... I feel like inevitably the data is going to prove this, that they're engineering radicalization. On purpose? Uh, or, it, or accidentally? Maybe some people on purpose. Maybe not. I don't want to speculate about yeah. like how malicious it is. Maybe they're doing it with good intentions, but just and, and the people making decisions don't have an understanding of the data, or maybe they're too scared to face it. Like, What would it be like if Facebook and YouTube just suddenly started allowing like super radical content with the understanding that like, put it this way, you take 50,000 content moderators that each of these companies have, instead of having them just go ban crazy every day, have them actually be reaching out to people and talking to people and like engaging in conversation. Guess what? It takes 10 years to de-radicalize somebody. But is, if that, you, is that a study confirmed 10 years or something? Oh, no, well, I mean, we... Or are you just giving I mean, Daryl would say, Daryl Davis yeah. would, would say that it takes years. I mean, I don't think that there's a set amount of time. It could, probably could be faster or slower for different people. But just imagine like tens of thousands of, of, of moderators actually trying to help people. What's interesting is they're, the, the more extreme ban-happy platforms, I feel like make huge mistakes they lose all leverage you know there was a uh, uh, you're familiar with Sargon of Akkad yeah of he's uh, for those that aren't I'm, I assume many of you are yeah. he's a YouTube commentator and he spoke on a stream you know like early 2018 or something it was a small channel he ironically used the n-word to make a point about people he thought were racist and so a year later like nine nine months later somebody shows that in the middle of a two-hour, you know, live stream in a small channel with only a few thousand views, Patreon nukes him instantly. And I was like, if Patreon just gave him a warning, then they could have been like, hey, don't do it again. Sargon would have been like, okay. And that would have been it. He'd be like, oh, yeah, I was just trying to make a point. I, I get it. I won't do it. Instead, they, they terminate his income. And so when I, was, when I was, you know, talking to the company, to Patreon, I'm like, why would you do that? It's counterproductive. You, you're, you're guaranteeing these people can only go in one direction. You know, my thing is like, if someone is, is behaving in a certain way, what Twitter is doing is actually kind of scary. There's, it's social manipulation. It's mass social engineering. They tell people, here's what is and, is and isn't acceptable. And then the scared people who don't want to lose their followers fall in line and won't say naughty things. I got no problem tweeting articles from Dr. Harvey Risch, MD, PhD of Yale, when he, you know, uh, uh, when he talks well of hydroxychloroquine. And I've done several videos on that stuff. And I know that's a banhammer. But I have a line, you know what I mean? I'm not going to let them keep pushing and pushing and pushing because what ends up happening is the more censorship we have like this, the more we end up with people who only speak about the other side. That's what I was saying before. So basically, you look at COVID. Hmm. There was a story. I don't know if you heard this. uh, uh, What was it? The Department of Natural Resources or something? Yeah, I think so. They told people to wear masks when they're on Zoom calls, (laughs) even if they're home alone. Right. It's like, why? For show? Exactly. For show. Mm. How did 15 days to slow the spread turn into 15 times 10.133 days to slow the spread Mm -hmm. so far? Because anyone who says anything like, okay, was that enough? 
shut down. The media won't allow it. General, like our culture doesn't allow it. I'm not sure it's on purpose, man, to be honest. Mm -hmm. To a certain degree, I think so. I think we're, we're trapped in a hysterical mob running around with pitchforks and you can't reason with anybody. Do you think people who wear masks in their car driving are mostly doing it because they're actually scared or because they're trying to signal both to people? Yeah, both. I think it's both. Yeah. I mean, to be fair, I'm sure someone's seen me driving and I had my mask on because mm-hmm. like when we go out and I'm like, we're like a block out from the Walgreens or whatever. I just, I, I just put, yeah, it's like gear up, mask on. <laughs> just like that. The it's goggles, that cool. You know, yeah. Put, put the, the vest, you know, strap. All the good stuff. It's super cool. Yeah. I just put the mask on because, you know, I put the, put over my ears and then like we're about to get out of the car. Get in a few comfortable minutes. in it. Yeah, but I've exactly. seen people driving on the highway with masks on. Mm-hmm. And then I'm just kind of like, no, no, I don't get that. I think Joe, like, was, what Joe Rogan was ragging on it and he got made fun of for it. I think, he, I, think yeah. I figured it out. I think people are just lazy and they just don't want to take it off between I, trips yeah. or whatever. I think it's weird. I find it uncomfortable. I got no problem wearing them. But anyway, the point is not to get into a big mask conversation. <laughs> like, I got no problem wearing a mask. I yeah, got a cool, someone sent me this really cool mask. Got a beanie on. Yeah, it's so cool. Uh-huh. A little beanie, beanie on the mask. Yeah. But, but go ahead. No, no uh, well, I was, was going to reiterate my point to kind of get it back on track. It's that when you see 10 articles per day, the end is nigh, the end is nigh, the end is nigh. And then you see one article on the right pop up saying, perhaps the end is not so nigh as we first thought. Banned. Then the only thing anybody sees is the end is nigh. Then the next day, it's the end is nigher. And the next day, it's the nighest. And this is it. This is the end. So now we're on day 152 since Donald Trump tweeted out 15 days to slow the spread. Because mm-hmm. you can't challenge the, the, the mob. I think what we might be seeing is that these big social media companies, Facebook, Twitter, even YouTube, they're beholden to the mob the same as everybody else. Not realizing they're the biggest players in directing it. You know? Mm-hmm. How do you convince people, first of all, like... It's like you need YouTube, Twitter, and Facebook, and, and, and every other company to just make a hard stand and say, no, we're allowing this, we're done, and then allow the conversations to happen. So this is what we've been advocating for quite a bit. I mean, mostly me, but I think, you know, Lydia agrees. Yeah, Reform 100%. 230. Reform Section 230. You're, fami- you're familiar with yeah, Section Yeah, of course. I bet so, you know. So how so? In what, in what sense? My, my, so right now, you saw what Trump did with the executive order. Yeah. Uh, can you can you explain to people what Section 230 is? Just yeah, you're so the media digital inter- intermediaries um, who host user-generated content have immunity, a certain degree of freedom from liability over the content. Um, but it, it doesn't actually say that you can't moderate. It says that you, you can. You can, yeah, right. in, in, in good faith, which is a problematic term to put into law, I would say. It says, essentially... You know, you can't hold these platforms liable for what other people say. And these platforms can moderate so long as it's in good faith that they're trying to remove objectionable, lewd, lascivious, violent, you know. Right. Or, or, or in other ways, objectionable content. Mm-hmm. And so all of a sudden now you get Twitter saying hashtag learn to code is objectionable. Well, I just don't like the, the bait and switch. The thing is that they, they all started as, you know, f- Twitter's slogan is free speech wing of the free speech party. Not anymore. Not they, anymore. That was a joke they said. You know, Google don't be evil. Facebook revolution starting in the Middle East from Facebook. Everybody, you know, thought that these were for free speech. And so they put years of their lives into building up followings there, thinking that they, and they could say all this stuff for years. 
you know, they could actually to a certain, I mean, the content policies were always pretty bad in my opinion. They never were like first amendment focused, right? but they were way better. And so it, to me, it's more false advertising and right. that is definitely grounds for some legal action. If I have to imagine when Twitter started banning people for saying, learn to code, there's no reasonable person who would consider that objectionable. No reasonable person. They'd be like, I don't understand. What does that mean? It's like, oh, it's a reference to getting a job in, a, in the coding industry. Like, what's wrong with that? So how, do, how does sec- Twitter still have Section 230 pr- protection if they already are, you know, removing content outside of the realm of what the law allows? Does someone just need to sue them to, like, make it to get started? I think people are trying. Yeah, but I, I know. So Trump has this executive order. They want to define what these terms mean specifically. Maybe that's a first step. What I'm, what I'm thinking for Section 230 is we definitely don't want to get rid of it. We definitely need it. But it should also add a provision saying illegal speech, right? And that's specifically declaring threats, you know, incitements to direct violence, mm-hmm. you know, announcing that you are literally going to go commit a crime or something. But if someone says naughty words and stupid opinions, that's protected speech. I don't think, I, I think if, well, let me know what you think. Because my assumption is if they amended Section 230 to say you can remove content that is deemed, you know, illegal, everything else, it's fair game. Yeah, I mean, that is one path, though. Then you are sort of forcing, you know, like a a Christian blog to suddenly have to keep content that they may. I like I do think that platforms should be able to do what they want to do but it's all about context and the, with which billions of people joined i mean well let's, let's seriously let's yeah, actually let's expand on that because that was a really good counterpoint you're saying like if we change the law this way then a christian blog that's really small with only a small handful of users gets inundated by a bunch of people posting porn and they can't do anything about it right yeah yeah i think that that but i also you know look we're trying to build out like blockchain perma web storage so the content can't even get deleted so you have the option to post to um this is a teaser for what's probably coming out in the next next month or so but uh there's a really cool uh block weave project called our weave and so you'll be able to post to a, a totally decentralized database that cannot get de- taken down now the nodes in that network can choose to ignore certain content yeah. And they do, and they actually have a pretty strict content policy, but certain nodes can always access it. They've already backed up like all Wikipedia and archive. Wow. And that's, that's, yeah. Bro, that's kind of scary though, man. It is, it is, but it's sort of, um, we're not forcing that, but I, I do feel like you should have the, uh, the option to. Sure. I mean, put it this way you sort of have to decide. It's like a tattoo. If you man. want, what's scarier? 1984 in the context of everything is is permanent and known or any everything can get burned 19 fahrenheit 451 or 1984 is that what 1984 was like everything was known like everything was permanent yeah it's more everything was known the panopticon look man what if you are you know 20 and you're like i think you know um what's it what's it i can't think uh, what's it I think Nickelback is great. <laughs> and now, you know, that was a long time ago. Today you're sitting there and you're like, I can't believe that will exist forever. 
Yeah, I mean, I mean I, it I, exists I, I, in time and space, so I don't know. The, I mean, the, but the, you shouldn't have posted it to. The, I mean, th- here's the thing: it's already on the internet, so you know, it just came out that fa- that Instagram wasn't deleting anything that people were deleting for a year. Really? That just came out. I didn't hear about that. So, um, yeah. It, it, so people thought that it was deleted and it was not deleted and some hacker researcher figured it out and so you know even in centralized databases like sometimes it's hard to delete data can you even delete data exactly because i remember because there's tombstones there's all this stuff with the way that the internet works like you think that when you're walking around the internet you're just you're like you have some sort of right to just delete actions like rights to databases yeah like it's not that easy even if you wanted to i do think you should have the ability to delete your content if you if you want to but i i mean like there were hard drives in the world trade center that were smashed and burnt to a crisp and they got data off them right i mean i see these stories i remember i once did like a mass purge on like an old computer and i like rewrote it formatted it got some special software because I was doing this as, uh, at a hackerspace with like some friends, and then he he ensured me like this program is going to be able to pull stuff off of it, and we were able to pull off videos and stuff. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, I thought, and and it was probably more to do with the fact that these things to actually wipe the hard drives don't. So even if Google, even if Facebook, you're like, I would like to delete my data, they go, you got it, and then it's it exists in other forms. You you know about Facebook's shadow profiles? Yeah. So basically, even if you don't use the platform. They've collected so much data on you from other people. Mm-hmm. You've got a shadow profile. So how is that any different from what TikTok was doing with their collection of the phone numbers and everything? Giving it it's to the communists? It's not that different. It's, it's, oh, right. Giving it to but the communists. But that's yeah. the thing. The, 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 the TikTok ban is, it's like you have to have standards. Like why, just because it's, I mean, I, I agree they're doing super shady things, but yeah. there's plenty of U.S. companies that are easily selling data to China and so it's like, if, if you're going to have surveillance standards, have standards. Don't just like pick, pick an app. But they yeah. can control. Like, so if there's a U.S. company doing that, if they want to, they can step in and just crush them. With TikTok operating outside, mm. they could crush them sort of in the U.S., like banning them, which is what basically what they're trying to do. Yeah, now and trying to get Microsoft to... Trump's to buy him up. Microsoft to buy him Well, up. Twitter talked about buying TikTok. Mm-hmm. That's got to be the stupidest thing I ever heard. They shut down Vine. And then, they already had... Yeah, yeah, what are they... It's so dumb. And, but I guess TikTok is still a little different. I honestly don't trust that many of these new social networks are real anyway. I think they use that technique where you create fake profiles, then you give young people fake followers so they think they're, they're, they get addicted to it. Mm-hmm. They see the number going up and they're like, I'm doing it, I'm doing it. And then they brag to their friends, look how many followers I got, and their friends join. Mm-hmm. And it's just a really easy and cheap way to trick people into signing up. Because I've seen, without naming some of these apps, I've seen it very clearly botting. And then I've seen people dedicate their businesses to this stuff. Remember what Facebook was doing with Facebook videos? Oh, just giving views based on nothing? Yeah. So, well, I'll, I'll say my, my understanding and opinion for legal reasons. <laughs> yeah. Basically, so you'd put up a video, the number would be ridiculous. And then they would brag about how their video views were bigger than YouTube. And it was just it was vanity numbers. It wasn't real. It was a quick scroll by. Yep. Yeah. So I remember sitting down with this big production company out of San Francisco. I'm talking like one of the biggest networks. And I said, YouTube, man, I was like, YouTube's where it is. YouTube's where it's at. And I don't see that changing. And they were like, I don't know, man, I'm looking at these, these Facebook numbers. You got to understand how crazy this is. And then I remember that actually came to 
when I worked for Fusion, which was the ABC News company, straight up, they had the conversation and I said, not Facebook. And this guy's like, yeah, but listen, man, you know, these Facebook numbers, we're looking at like a million views on this video we just did. And I'm like, They're, it's not, you're not getting views, bro. Then they dedicate all this money into Facebook, building out infrastructure for production. And then overnight, it crumbled in front of them. That's the scary thing. And just, they just strangled the reach. Yeah. YouTube is one of the few that has maintained. It seems like the, their default feed, it is annoying. They do not go to chronological, but they do have the subscriptions feed. But it seems like the organic reach on YouTube is better than other social networks. And, you know, it's smart for any network to give lots of organic reach. Like you're going to retain people longer over in, in the, you know, in the long run. If is you- If you if you created a reverse chronological social network, wouldn't it just devolve into lunacy and extremism? Like if that's all it was, I mean, it's based on who you subscribe to. But like people would exploit the system. People would personally choose to create the most bombastic and extreme content that would get more shares. Mm -hmm. And then people would choose to subscribe to the craziest people, you know, like like Twitter, basically. Yeah, I, but I, from a news perspective, what you said earlier, I, that's where I'm at in terms of needing to feel confident that you're going to have access to the information that you've been expecting to be able to get. I, you know, I think about the challenges of trying to run these big networks, and I think there is, it is fair, you know, to be fair, it's not, there's no simple solution. No, man. And algorithms are not bad. It's like, that's like saying yeah. math is bad. You can't. Do you know? Do you know what YouTube used to be like in the early days? It was all thumbnails of women in bikinis. I'm like half kidding, but it basically was. Mm-hmm. A lot of it was these short clips that were just. I mean, it was kind of like Vine almost, you know, or TikTok. These short clips of funny viral moments. Charlie bit my finger and things like that, right? Or you know, goats screaming like humans. <laughs> now it's ten, twenty, thirty minute videos. That's that's doing well because YouTube wanted to promote more substantive content. So podcasts started doing way better. Politics started doing way better. And then the other issue is early on when thumbnails, it was all about if you get clicks, we show you, right? The people who put up the bikini women on their thumbnails got more clicks than anybody else. But then you click the video and it'd be some dude in his room talking about, you know, I don't know, Barack Obama. Well, that's the thing. People are going to yell at whatever social network it is, no matter what they do. So if people, you know, even if you don't have some crazy algorithm that feeds one political side and you just feed more of the video that you're of the creator that you're watching some people yell at the network you're just you know leading them down the path of that person yeah it's like basically any recommendation is going to potentially have problems associated with it yeah but i don't know i think keeping it simple what do you think is the best recommendation for like how to how to run the system of delivering content yeah i don't know man you know I, don't, I think social media is just a busted system. Maybe we need to re, reimagine it, rebuild it. Because right now, you know, we, we started this conversation based on t- the tearing down of statues and how many of these many of these people who are many on the left who support this don't realize they're tearing down. They're, they're tearing down George Washington. They're tearing down, you know, um, priests. They def- they're, they're defacing Jesus. I'm sure many of them don't care about that, but some of these people are, uh, Hans Christian Hegg, for instance, died fighting to free slaves. They tore him down. They, someone tore down Frederick Douglass, one of the most epic 
you know, anti-slavery dudes, period, out, worked with Harriet Tubman. This guy was awesome. They don't know this because the algorithm won't show them. And so if you only do reverse chronological, people still have confirmation bias. They probably still won't engage, you know? Yeah, I think that alternative feeds that aren't reverse chronological can still be really valuable. And maybe there could be echo chamber breaking algorithms that could feed you from both sides, libertarian, socialist, Democrat, Republican, centrist, like, you know, and you can, you can train feeds and have people train feeds. We're trying to work on like a decentralized reputation system. You, you've been really focused on figuring out how to do fact checking as well. And I, I think that if you can start to build credibility in certain tags, then like, do you think that your vote should be higher than somebody else's vote in journalism topic on a certain social network? Me personally? Yeah. Probably not. No? Um, not than some random person? Um, probably a little bit more. It's tough because... It's, I, I don't know. I don't know how to answer that other than I don't like the idea because what ends up happening is you, you create a system where the New York Times is considered more credible... And then what do we see with the Covington kids? A wave of fake news. None of them did any work. And we're supposed to trust these people. They're all verified. So mm. Twitter has created essentially this. The verified accounts are considered more credible. But what if it was based purely on like peer-to-peer voting? It wasn't based on like... Partisanship. I would have a really low... I would, I would have an extremely low rating. I'd have, no, you I, wouldn't. I'd have a 50-50. I would. Mm. Yeah, the left would come to brigade me and say false, and and you know moderates in the right, anti W, like the, the the two culture war factions, mm-hmm. they'd both be battling it out on my page or someone else's with negative, you know, comments, and then it would be like fifty fifty. But then you'd end up with some random guy at the New York Times with a hundred followers, and all of his you know colleagues will give him a thumbs up, and it'll say a hundred votes credible. Tim Pool fifty six thousand fifty fifty, and so people wouldn't be able to determine whether or not they would be like, well, we know Tim Pool's. Uh, popular, I guess. Like people know who he is, but half the people don't like. I, I think it'd be I, to be fair. A lot of the leftists wouldn't actually. I I probably end up with like a sixty-five or seventy because a certain amount of leftists would just be spamming me because they hate me. Mm-hmm. But mostly they don't bother with me. Do you think that it would be worthwhile information to have? Not to say that necessarily that was the you know end-all be-all voting metric for you know what is featured on the site but do you think it would be interesting to let the community vote on different people's credibility in different topics it might be like an interesting secondary metric might be fun to try yeah just to see what happens i've talked about it in the past Mm -hmm. you know uh what uh and and that was the first thing that was brought up to me was you would just get the left attacking any conservative they would they would they have these you know email lists they have these twitter accounts you'd get one of these twitter accounts with four hundred thousand followers and they would say everybody tweet negative on this guy and then all of a sudden one day you got a guy with ten thousand followers you know eight thousand thumbs up a thousand thumbs down really great rating and then one day thirty thousand people from one of these activist uh, sites or twitter accounts just thumbs down and now it's like 10 percent credibility Mm-hmm. And so people are like, whoa, this guy's really bad. Yeah, there would have to be some sort of de- decaying mechanism for mobs. Yep. It'd have to be something, you know, how do you check? It's, it's tough because they're, they're going to brigade people they like. And I don't know if there's a way an algorithm can determine 
unless like you make an algorithm that searches for certain words that only appear on the left. So you know how the stock exchange freezes if it drops more than a certain number of points in yeah. a certain range of time? Mm. You could install something like that and just say if you drop more than a certain amount over the course of maybe a day, then we can pause it until mob we figure detector. out what's going on. Exactly. Yeah, like a, the mob. I don't know, man. Nice. I have no idea. That's my thought. We kind of went off on a tangent on that one about algorithms, though. But it was a good conversation. How about we get back to, um, I guess, a little bit more silliness, huh? Oh, yeah. Cool. So, you know, I used to talk about stories like this on more of my my secondary channel. But uh, it's been, we've been inundated with so much news about chaos and calamity. I figured the get woke, go broke stuff would probably be more fun to have just like a chill hangout conversation and kind of make fun of this stuff. But for those that didn't see the story, this came out from Bounding Into Comics, August 14th. DC Comics publisher Jim Lee reveals 25% of companies' publishing line wasn't breaking even, commits to diversity and inclusivity. Amazing. They've decided that they weren't working, so they would just roast it, burn it straight to the ground. Bounding Into Comics says DC Comics publisher and chief creative officer Jim Lee recently discussed the recent layoffs at the company and the future of DC Comics. Speaking with The Hollywood Reporter, Lee stated, This week has been a really heavy, difficult time, not just for me, but for the entire organization. We've said goodbye to people that have been huge contributors and who have helped define and make DC what it is today, he stated. And they got a bunch of comic pictures. He would, he would specifically be asked if DC Comics is still publishing comics. Lee answered, absolutely 100%. It is still the cornerstone of everything that we do. The need for storytelling, updating mythology, it is vital to what we do. He then added, the organization leans on us to share and establish the meaningful elements of the content that they need to use and incorporate on all of their adaptations. We think that re- about, about reaching global audiences, and we see comics as helping drive that awareness and that international brand. It's very much a part of our future. Then Lee shockingly revealed just how bad their lineup had been performing. He also detailed they would be reducing the lineup significantly. Lee stated, that said, we will be reducing the size of the slate. But it's about looking at everything and looking at the bottom 20%, 25% of the line that wasn't breaking even or losing money. Lee would try and put an optimistic spin on the dismal state of the lineup. It's about more punch for the pound, so to speak, and increasing margins of the books that we are doing. I think we're starting to see something really interesting here, especially when it gets into, so this is me, I'm not reading anymore, the diversity and inclusivity specifically. They're losing money, but I don't see the get, I don't think this is a get what go broke. I think this is a get broke, go woke. You so it's know, kind of backwards. It's backwards, yeah. right? I think it could be. Basically, mm-hmm. you know, different initiatives in other areas, blah, blah, blah. Let me, let me get straight to the part where he talks about diversity and inclusivity. He says, he then noted, they plan to align the comics with franchise brand content. It's unclear what this means, and Lee doesn't really explain it. He states, it was about aligning the books to the franchise brand we've developed and making sure that every book we put out, we put out for a reason. When asked about promoting uh, Marie Javins and Michelle Wells to interim editors-in-chiefs, Lee committed the company to diversity and inclusivity. He told uh, The Hollywood Reporter, we thought it would be great pairing, uh, a great pairing to bring them together to help draft and organize the content we're doing along these lines, across digital, across global. We want to make sure we have diversity and inclusivity and making it in a way that we have authenticity to the storytelling that we're doing. It's really about consolidating all of our efforts and having every editors involved in all these directives and also organizing, broadly speaking, in content that is for kids 6 to 11 and then 12 to 45, 
It's about consolidating format and oversight to a smaller, more concentrated editorial group. He elaborated. Okay, I don't care about the nitty gritty for the most part of like the comics, you know, and their, 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 their business function. But have you, have you seen stories like the Get What Go Broke kind of stuff? Yeah, of course. This, this to me, I think one thing often gets overlooked, these companies are already failing. I think they're trying to get woke in a desperate attempt to sell more comics. Like, you know, you've got a bunch of a specific group of people who are reading your comics. They then start thinking, if we're only getting young men, how do we get young women of color? Diversity and inclusivity. Then they do this big launch. It doesn't work. Then they lose all their money, you know? Yeah, I mean, the idea that by narrowing the types, I mean, it, it's it's broadening the type of content, but it's also narrowing it a lot. I mean, yeah. you're narrow, like when, when Crow, so Crowder got remonetized, which was interesting, but I mean, the idea that there aren't conservative brand, there aren't advertisers who want to advertise on conservative content right. is just ridiculous. I mean, so there's actually scared more the mob, money for being open to more content yeah more controversial content they're like you're just you're limiting your re- your company's revenue if you limit the amount of content that it's going to run over i don't think they see it though i think they're sitting there saying we have a dwindling you know sales in this one demographic we need to reach another demographic i remember you know i worked uh when i worked for fusion I remember talking to them and I asked them because of the content they were producing is are the most of the people that watch and, and, and read these articles, are they women? And the marketing guy said, no, it's evenly split. And I was like, evenly split among what? 10 people. Yeah. There was like nobody watching. And so you have these companies that are like, in order to reach more people, we need diversity. And then what ends up happening is they do reach an equal number of people of all different types, substantially less. All of a sudden, now they're getting no clicks. They're getting no traffic, and you know it's just artificial. It's like inclusion for the sake. Inclusion is good, but inclusion for the sake of inclusion is just you know. It's like seeing a a, a cheesy commercial with like one person from. You can tell that it's contrived. They're all like that. No one is drawn to that because that's not authentic. Isn't it weird? It's funny because there's like there are these. I don't know what you call them. Far right, I guess. I don't know if that's the right way to explain who these people are, but there are conspiracy theorists who think that these commercials that have like uh, mixed race families and stuff are conspiracies to, you know, I don't know, spread some agenda. Right. That's but it's the top. It's literally like corn pops saying we want Latino families, black families and white families to all buy corn pops. Mm -hmm. I'm not saying corn pops did this. I'm just, you know, referencing a random brand. So random brand, you know, you'll see a commercial and it'll be a family of like four different ethnicities. Yeah. And then also you get these conspiracy theories online that they're trying to get woke. Yeah. They're, they're trying to sell their product to mm-hmm. everybody. And it's not culturally, culturally relevant to everybody. It would probably be more effective to just run four different commercials with, so it's not so obvious and in your face. Yeah. Because, I mean, it, I, I can see that. I think that, you know, like Jordan Peele's stance on you know, how he's casting his movies. Have you, have you read about that much? What he doesn't want white men, right? Yeah. He just, you know, he's making a deliberate effort to, to do that, but he's not, con- it, it, the casting isn't contrived. Like, okay, he's doing that. I, he should be able to do that. He can do whatever he wants and he makes good movies, 
it's not one person of every race in just a shallow way. You know, I haven't seen any of his movies. You haven't actually. Se- maybe I've seen one. I don't um, know. Get out. Nope, didn't see it. No, no, no. Hmm. It's. Uh, I heard it was okay. It's good. The reason I didn't, I didn't see it, I didn't see that other one. I can't remember. Is because I told it was preaching. I told that I, I was like, "Look, man, I mean no disrespect to Jordan Peele, right? He's a funny guy, but I saw Birds of Prey." <sighs> It scarred me. Well, to be fair, you yeah. also got a similar warning about Knives Out, which you then end up really liking. That's so true. I don't know. Yeah, I Dude, saw Key and Peele is pure genius. I loved Key and oh, Peele. Oh, of course. That's yeah. true. Absolutely. That's one, of the, one of the best segments they did was when they're like, you know, uh, he uh, is, is playing this like very flamboyant gay guy. And Jordan is playing this like normal guy who keeps asking him, please tone it down. And he keeps getting called a homophobe. And then it ends with him saying, this is, you know, my boyfriend or whatever. And then, you know, Key's character realizes he's not a homophobe. He's just being kind of a dick. You know what I mean? That was like one of the best segments because it made a point about, you know, what does it really mean for someone to be gay? What are they supposed to act? What are the stereotypes? It, 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 it was hilarious. It broke down the stereotypes while pointing out that, yeah, man, a lot of these people who claim to be anti-racist or whatever are actually just mean, bad people who do violent things. Yeah. And they play other characters other orientations all the time like they don't go so far to say oh you have to be you know gay to play a gay person you have to be oh we're there man you know th- yeah but key and peel <laughs> don't buy into that i don't think that they 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 understand i think to a degree that acting is acting and it's actually incredible to watch somebody who is not mentally retarded uh-oh <laughs> to play that character like yeah. rain man is necessary we need that movie yeah that's the r word that's 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 i think it's bannable yeah i was like oh no youtube no no (laughs) that's that's how the censorship game works baby whatever man yeah but the 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 issue i see with uh with jordan peele is that he straight up says i'm not gonna cast white dudes what's i'm I'm like dude i get it if you if you know look i get it i I really i really do we had all the marvel movies the first thing that come out it's like white dude white dude white dude and now they're like we want to do movies that can speak to other you know audiences or whatever mm-hmm. i get it i do i think the issue is when it's like fake like you were saying it's forced because I, I i'll preach you know to no end how awesome spider-man into the spider-verse is i love that i love that movie it's mm-hmm. a great movie and it's diverse it doesn't need to be a thing that's why it's like when when peel comes out and he says it i'm just like i don't know man because i often see these movies that try to do it are really bad movies like ghostbusters mm-hmm. and birds of prey just off the top of my head those are the ones i can name and i've seen other movies where they're like, we're going to be diverse. And then it's like, you've, you've sacrificed too much of your budget towards ideology mm-hmm. instead of a good movie. Yeah, and in that instance, they really bury the lead by talking about how diverse and inclusive they want to be. And I think that they've not done enough market research because if they actually cared about their market, they would want to be coming up with interesting stories, for example, not just rerunning and doing sequels and trying to build on previous universes. They might actually pause and think what would make a really great story because tim can sit down and tell you like eight different stories off the top of his head i'm sure that they have people like that there who are just as creative and interesting they're kind of being stifled i think they feel like they're kind they're probably a little bit handicapped by having to put all of these barriers on who they can cast for certain things i do think it's stupid i think it's dumb it is dumb for sure honestly i think that context is i think these companies are realizing they have to detect context like that's why they remonetize Crowder. I think that they know yeah. where he's coming from and that you can say certain words in a way that can 
be understood to not be offensive and like that's their biggest challenge because it's a super difficult problem with the AI just running through all the language pulsing in from audio and and, and trying to to detect context and, and intention because that's you can we, we cannot live in a world where we can't say certain words in a respectful context it's you just can't, insane you, you can't, can't. That's what I was saying. Like, is we're, the we're, R word really? I, I slipped. Oh, totally. Oh, God. Sorry, oh, yeah. dude. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Isn't that crazy? Yeah. That's, that's so crazy. Ugh. I mean, I don't know what will happen, you know. Yeah. But yeah, that's the R word now. And that's where we're headed. That's where we're at, man. Yep. That's how insane everything is getting. Like, specifically with what they're doing with these comics, with these movies. Soon it's going to be like people wearing gray jumpsuits with shaved heads. And they're going to, you know, or, or wearing hoods. You can't see their faces. Just... Just weird big everyone will have like a big box they'll hide in so you can't tell how tall they are or you know yeah. what they sound like or if they're a man or a woman. Because as soon as someone does, they get offended. It's not fair, there's privilege. They start banning everything already. Sir, so, you know, we're it's you can't control what offends people. But what we're seeing with the shutting down of certain content specifically is that it's mass hysteria. And because the initial bias was towards the left, that's the direction it went. And and look, man, I think it's happened historically with other other countries in either direction, right, left, whatever, religious. Once the once regular people don't they, 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 they don't stand up, they're sitting back, and all of this starts happening, people get scared to actually push back once that tide gets reached. And I think the number I was reading is like ten percent. Once about ten percent of the people have an ideology, it takes over. And we're we're already past that with the far left. So now Coke, Pepsi, right? You know, all these big brands, the biggest brands, the biggest advertisers have fully embraced this stuff. The left is pumping out crazy conspiracy theories like the post boxes are being stolen. You've seen that? It's totally nonsensical. That's where we're at. And you can't, you you, you can barely challenge any of it. So yeah, Crowder gets remonetized. Of course, the left exploded screaming, no, he's harassing me. All too bad. He won that one. Straight up, he won it. But they took income away from him for a long time. Yeah. He was out of the partner program. Yeah, I mean, we got banned from the Play Store for like nine months. And then I sent them a link of all of the porn on Twitter. And they were like, okay, you can They come banned back. you for porn. No, just, well, it was like a half-naked image, which had a explicit blur over it. Wow. And then I just emailed them and they, they put it back. So it's just totally arbitrary and insane that they'll just destroy businesses like that. Have you, have you seen this post from... This guy is uh, Grant B. 911. He's one of the founders of Breaking 911. And he tweeted, My daughter just started second grade at Metro Schools. I will be pulling her out immediately. Her first English lesson of the year is teaching her that white people are bad, mean, and racist against African Americans and Mexicans. My daughter is seven, is not racist, nor is her family. This stuff has become so pervasive across the board that... I feel like, you know, the position I'm in right now is the only thing that stops this, and I don't even know if it will, is a straight Republican supermajority victory to just push this insanity out. This is what happens when the only thing you're allowed to say is this. Like, you can't think about what 4chan did with that campaign. You ever see that campaign? It's okay to be white. Yeah. The goal of that was to point out that the establishment, our mainstream society is so insane that you can't even say it's okay to be white. No, they call it white supremacy. Straight up. There, there, there's, a, there's a funny photo of, uh, it's like three Hispanic dudes, a white guy and a black guy. 
and the far left posts the photo saying white supremacists. It's this is this is our brains are broken. Like not not ours. The brains of society completely fractured at this point, as far as I can tell. I'm scared about the upcoming school season. I mean, you know, yeah, take, take, we got pictures. Check this out. The white kids told the Mexican girl to go back to the Mexican school, it says. And they have these images. This is what they're teaching kids in school, at least in this one school. I mean, this is this is this is this is really crazy stuff, man. I mean, look at these photos they are showing kids. It's like a bunch of why are they showing kids this? You know, I grew up on the south side of Chicago. I grew up in a classroom full of uh, people, Hispanic people from different backgrounds. Same, South Norwalk. I grew up with people, some black people, because it's south side of Chicago. With uh, Kids, I shouldn't say people, just a bunch of kids. All different types. Filipino kid, Pol- kid from Poland, yeah. uh, black kid, Mexican kid. One kid spoke Spanish. One kid spoke Polish. Didn't mean anything. And guess what? When we were growing up, we were like, racism is bad because you're, you're, like, these are my friends. Now they're just, you know, jamming this into the face of kids, and it's like cult zealotry. It's just some of the weirdest stuff I've ever seen. But you've you've got I don't know how much how personal you want to get. Yeah, sure. What are your What are your thoughts on this? Because I think this affects you personally. I mean, I'm scared for, you know, my daughter to have to just physically wear a mask all day. To me, is torturous. Like I feel so much empathy for people who have to do that and have to go to jobs and wear that all day that yeah. that just seems insane but then to the what the creepy part that we talked about is that the whole class is going to be live streamed like they're in class they're in class but the kids who are remote are oh. st- are who are not coming to school yeah. can still participate so there's like there's definitely cameras on all day and they're all on their where's it streaming to zoom so anybody and it's, and so it's you, being recorded probably so you can zoom bomb it i don't know what the deal is with how you just locked down it is but yeah i don't know i know that there was that we, were, we mentioned the patreon court case earlier somebody accidentally had their microphone on and so the judge is like who is that turn that off i gotta kick somebody out of the room like how crazy is that i mean i get it you can walk into a courtroom and start screaming and they'll throw you out mm-hmm. but you could have these kids in these zoom classes and all of a sudden some crazy random stranger jumps in and starts posting like horrifying things and the kids are going to see it. Yeah, that happened. It there did, it did little, happen? Yeah, there's a little Jewish family, I think, that had their little homeschooling pod and somebody got in and started wow. bombing anti-Semitic stuff at the them. The scarier awful. thing to me, though, is the idea that you can't really have troublemakers in class and that, you know, the troublemakers are going to be on camera. That That's just not how it's supposed to be. Kids are supposed to be a little rambunctious. Yeah. Learn what it's like in the real world. They have no idea. They don't even know what it means to be streaming. Did you see the, uh, there was this viral thread from a teacher saying, I'm worried about parents finding out now what we're teaching their kids. I didn't see. That's, that's the scariest thing. And he like locked his account afterwards. He did. It was a full thread of this guy being like, I'm worried about the conservatives. They start, they'll start seeing what we're teaching their children. I'm also worried about the liberals too. And it's like, these these teachers know full well they're indoctrinating children with zealous fanaticism and they're scared people are going to find out now because of covid i think man it's time to get out of the city it's time to pull your kids out homeschooling is intense it's a what, lot what you, of energy but i i do you know i'm very open to it i i i think that if you look at how rapidly kids learn i mean th- there's there's a ton of value to to be going to school yeah for 
social reasons, but you know, when they all have to stand in a little bubble being for, apparently they're going to force the kids to play games in little bubbles oh outside at the local school. In bubbles? And they, so like, there's no recess. There's no just going out and playing on the playground. That's not allowed. The playgrounds are off limits, but they're going to put them outside into these little circles and they have to play like a board game outside what? and not wear a mask. This is the, this is some of the craziest stuff. You know, I remember when, when I was little, not when I was little, but when I was like younger as a teenager, I always thought, you know, times change. And you don't want to be that person who gets stuck in the past. You know, older people become conservative and they talk about how things used to be so much better. And I always thought like, you know what? Times change. But this is some kind of ridiculous psychosis. You know, it's one thing I'm growing up and it's like, by the way, you know, gay people can get married now. And I'm like, this affects me in no way. I don't care. Now it's literally like you can't go to the movies, you can't go to a bar. What's that? You went to a park and you weren't wearing a mask. You're under arrest. We're going to kick your door and we're going to shut your business down. Now the kids are going to be in bubbles, outside, whatever, I don't know. Circles. It's like oh, a I painted circle on the yeah. ground. But I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if, if there were bubbles. I yeah. mean, they're putting, up, they're putting up plexi between the desks and Jeez. they have to wear masks. This is insane. Yeah. For, for, for what? Look, I understand there's, there, there's, there's COVID, but I mean, you look at the metrics, it does not justify what everyone is doing uh and sweden didn't lock down and no. they they had some problems and now things are kind of slowing down it really does look like early on we had a problem and we did the 15 days slow the spread we certainly did now we got a bunch of cases and nobody's going to the hospital you, you it, it's just it's hysteria it's hysteria driven by we, we are locked in this culture where the left is at the wheel and nothing can check them so they're just spinning the wheel as crazy as possible. And the left thinks Trump's driving, but he's not. And the switch from COVID to protests slash riots with, with no question. To me, that was there was so much dissonance in my head. I was, I was bugging out for like a few days, just nobody else seeming to, to care. And I thought, I mean, I saw you made some posts and you were just like, I, it's, it's over. I, I don't care anymore. Oh, I'm done. Yeah. No, it's straight up done. <laughs> the moment the riots, the protests, I'm like, you cannot make me care anymore. Now, now I can care about the authoritarian lockdowns. Sorry, man. Look, we, 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 we are taking precautions here. You know, Bill came down. We've got sanitizer. We're, you know, we're distanced and all that stuff. And we're being careful just because I think it's responsible. I don't want to, I'm not going to be one of these. I, I, the, you see these stories of these guys who are yeah. like, it's all fake. I, you know, and then they get sick and they die. I'm like, no, 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 no. Look. I recognize there's, you know, we've got something. But at this point, I think we've probably, we've probably developed herd immunity or something. Why are we at 152 days of lockdown? Because we can't talk about it. I run the risk of being banned for simply saying this. I'm not even kidding. Yeah. You, had, you, had, you, had the, you, you saw those doctors get, get uh, Facebook banned those doctors for holding a... Pre- they, I'm sorry, they banned Breitbart for filming doctors... Hosting a press, uh, putting on a press conference hosted by a Republican. Yeah, NewsGuard changed their status. Negative. Yeah, they they ne- put it into uh, like uh, they were considering it again. Right, like, right, right. They removed because their green check, and they're like, "Oh, we're not sure about Breitbart anymore." So if I if I film a press conference, I could get I could get shut down. So That's, I mean, I feel like you've already sort of taken the stance that you're going to, within reason, talk about what you want to talk about, despite it being controversial. And it seems like. I, I honestly think that based on your intention, which is pretty clear, that you're just trying to get information out, you're having an honest take on on what's going on, that you just have to 
hope that the tech overlords are going to yeah. just get it that you know coming coming at it from a good place and you have to be able to talk about these things so with with youtube i have a direct contact right and when my videos get demonetized i basically send them in and i would say 99% of my videos about 95% are monetized like this there's been big changes over the past few years it's mm-hmm. been fantastic they've they've uh, just recently in the past few months i've been finally granted on my second channel timcast news uh, I've been granted what's called self-certification, which means now almost every video I do is getting monetized. However, this is what's really messed up about the, about the whole system. I have like, I don't know what, 1,500 videos on one channel, and 29 of them are incorrectly certified. So here's how it works. I upload a video. It says, do any of these things appear in your video? I put no. I don't swear. I don't show graphic images. Well, someone, for some reason, thought that me criticizing Black Lives Matter was hate speech. So they flag it. Now I have 29 out of 1,500. So now YouTube's put me in this thing where they have to do a pending ad. Like they, they put you in a, in, a, in a 20 minute holding pattern hmm. every time you upload. So that's actually been very detrimental. So then whenever I get one of these false flags, I got to send a huge list to Google. Like all of these are wrong. Like there's no hate speech in any of my content and they can't do all of them. Because it's an, a combination of an automated system, and then s- certain people get access to you know uh, Google employees who will do an override, and they still can't do every single one. Well, minds.com slash Timcast is fully monetized. And, <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, well, we, well, we've got uh, Timcast.net coming Tim, up. Timcast.net. That's gonna be that's gonna be the way to do it. So uh, for those that aren't familiar, Timcast.net used to redirect to my main YouTube channel. Now it's set up to redirect to essentially a, like I don't know how do you how do you want to describe it. It's a, it's a it's a site powered by Minds, right? So it's basically we've talked about this before that we're going to be setting up a standalone website for the podcast for my other shows that you can go, you can become a member, get exclusive content, all stuff, and it's being built through like the Minds Pro backend, I guess. Mm-hmm. And I, I don't I don't, don't want to speak too much as to how it works, but people who are signed up can use Minds or whatever. Yeah, yeah. You can log in timcast.net with your Minds creds. Honestly, anyone out there who wants to monetize, like Minds is open for monetization. If so you're, you're, you have like ads now running and everything? No, not ads yet, but we're, we're, we're essentially sharing our revenue yeah. with the pro creators who help us drive traffic. So we oh, can't we're... have advertisers come to us and say, you know, you have to right. demonetize this content because we're sharing our subscription revenue, Minds Plus and Minds Pro, with the creators who are helping drive traffic and we're giving competitive RPMs. So, you know, check out minds.com slash pro if you're interested. And yeah, man, I the, mean... The, the general idea for what I'm trying to do is creating something that's standalone. So if, you know, they ban me, they ban any of my channels, well, I'll still have timcast.net. I'll still exist in some form and not just simply get wiped out. And so, you know, mine's being a much better safer system in my opinion for you know for speech that's what's being built on and then you you guys have added like youtube sync and stuff yep and we we also have a peer-to-peer advertising system which i honestly think is sort of the future of where brand-to-brand advertising is going where actually people right now can send you offers on minds of any amount of dollars or crypto and saying hey tim here's a thousand bucks share my post to your followers and he'll get a notification that says hey, do you want to accept this offer or reject it? So it's direct between 
brands as opposed yeah. to having to go through us so for great. advertising. So, right. you know, if someone gets demonetized on YouTube, like, guess what? There's for everybody who gets demonetized on YouTube, there are thousands of brands who probably would send them a direct offer and then they could run the content. Yeah. And there do, YouTube doesn't need to be getting involved. Right. It's like I mean, I can put ads in my videos. Which, no, you know, yeah, yeah, that, that, yeah, right, that works too. But, yeah. it, but, but if there was a system, system that it was automated for people to send you offers on and YouTube, that would be sweet. The big brands have that. Right. On, on YouTube, if you, oh. you know, I'm not going to name any of the big companies, but the yeah. big companies apparently have direct access mm-hmm. to the ads that run on their platform. It's ridiculous. You know, they should have opened it up a long time ago, but that would have avoided the apocalypse problem, I guess. I think a lot of these big companies really are scared that if they do nothing, the platform goes insane. You get extremists across the board and just weird content of yeah. like, you know, Hitler dancing with the Incredible Hulk like mm-hmm. we've seen. And if they try to do something, then they're invariably going to be favoring some political ideology based on them, their own views or there's no real way to other it than just a, let it let it go. It's such a complex problem, man. I was just listening to a, a podcast with Sam Harris and this New York Times reporter who reports on child I don't even want trafficking to say or trafficking. Yeah. Yes. And um, basically, you know, acknowledging that you need encrypted solutions, but that basically like some ridiculous, like over 40% of all child trafficking reports come from Facebook Messenger. Really? Yeah. Wow. wow. And so they're scared that if you encrypt everything, then there's going to be no access to those people. Yeah. But obviously you need to encrypt everything because if you compromise encryption, it makes everybody less safe. So it's yep. like, how do you actually deal with this? And, but the, but the answer is not create a backdoor. Right. The answer is not censor everything that has this word. And it. it has to be a, a more nuanced solution. And we just have to have a more open conversation about it. And I, like the, 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 the platforms are so powerful that they 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 can step up mm. and make the decisions. I mean, I was just on a call, a, a live stream with a bunch of like the president of the ACLU, um, really, couple, a couple high level people from oh, the they've ACLU. Lost it. They've lost it in the social in the sense of their social media, but they do still, from what they were saying, uphold these values. And the, and they they we were actually there were some de radicals, former radicals on the call former uh, jihadi recruiter was on the call who works with Daryl Davis. Wow. And he basically started this this group, Parallel Networks, which is a de-radicalization group that goes on social networks and tries to help help bring people back from the from the edge. But, you know, they were agreeing with it. And so I, I do think that the, the smartest people in the world know I'm not, I'm not saying these are the smartest people in the world. I'm saying, but all the cybersecurity encryption experts know that you have to encrypt everything. Yeah. And all of the de-radicalization experts know that you can't ban everybody. And so They're that's beholden it. to the mob. That's it. They, every, everybody knows you can't do this. But everybody. the mob, if, in the, in, like you're saying, the mob doesn't even actually want de-radicalization because... If you look at the data and you actually want to minimize, even if you wanted to minimize hate speech, banning makes more hate speech. So, right. And they don't get that. But they, yeah, they don't get that. They're like, look, we banned this person. They've gone away forever. Have you changed anything? No. No. The number of people who have 
called for bannings have never changed anybody's mind. They've been banned. That's what's funny. It's like, you know, uh, there was a comic that got banned recently. And it was this, it was a black woman wearing a, a mask. And her shirt said, I can't breathe. And the white woman, white woman looks over and said something like, you know, well, then take the mask off. And that was the comic. I got a chuckle out of it. It got censored, I think, from Instagram or somewhere for being, not, not from Instagram, uh, from some company or something, for being, oh, from a newspaper. That's what it was. It was offensive. And they started complaining about it. And I'm like, welcome to the party. You want offensive content removed. Now you get removed. It, it, it affects them, you know, and, and they don't learn. But I look at these big tech companies. Yeah, you're right. They know all these things. I don't believe the ACLU actually has civil liberties at heart. They oppose civil liberties. So how, how can I trust them to, I'll give you an example. They've supported discrimination against minorities at universities. Straight up, no questions asked, not hyperbole, not an exaggeration. They say it is okay for universities to discriminate against someone based on their race. That's not civil liberties. So how can I trust them to actually have to do the right thing? When, sure, they can be on the phone and they can say things like, oh, yeah, 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 we, we know we're going to do the right thing. And then they turn around and they spit on the Constitution or they, they spit on civil rights. They do still represent some extreme racists in certain cases, but it's, a, you know, by far the minimum of the legal work that they're doing. And it seems like their social media has become totally polarized. So, you know. When 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 you talk to the the, the ACLU and you, you grill them about these issues, they they do still try to hold on. But yeah, no, I, I'm no. I'm over it. It's yeah. like it's like Jack Dorsey. They whisper everything you want to yeah. hear into your ears, and then do nothing. And you look at you look at how they act on social media and the things they inflame, the things they empower, and it's insanity. And it's and it's part of the ongoing problem. We can't have honest conversations because of companies like the ACLU. Because they won't stand up for free speech. They're the ones who we need to be standing up. They won't. They and turn their back on free speech. They, they've straight up turned their back on it. And you can look at these organizations that are advocating for, I think the, the funniest thing, revelation or, or you know, something, thing to happen was the freepress.net, the free press organization supporting censorship. Like they literally have multiple initiatives on censoring content. Like you're called free press, dude. That's how insane everyone has gotten. And I believe it's because everyone feels like they're forced to say certain things because everyone around them, you know, it's the weirdest thing. Yeah. Like nobody it, really wants this, but everyone's scared. Everyone else wants it, I guess. If it, it feels like some sort of a thought virus, it, 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 it's so much fear. People are just terrified of, of social backlash and, but the, I th honestly think that the again I'm a broken record, but ultimately the data is just going to destroy the arguments. I I, I I I want to believe that the data about censorship is just going to prove itself, and people and it's just like no data, data. I don't think so. <laughs> I don't think I don't think so. Like we we we've known these things for a long time. We fought for these rights. We fought for uh, you know to to be able to speak freely to be able to associate, to be able to communicate. Journalists used to be able to sit down with warlords. Now you do that and they call you a minion of the warlord. And so you can have all the data in the world. I can publish on Twitter all day and night. Like, look at these things. Doesn't matter. Because, yeah. you know, listen, you look at the science and the data around COVID, you'll get banned. Mm. You, you, you post about FBI crime stats, you get banned. 
You can't talk about these things. Dude, other countries think we're nuts. They do, yeah. We, we just got like a quarter million users from Thailand who are freaking out about their government and censorship in their from their government. Like, we have more censorship from corporations yeah. in the U.S. than our government. Of course. Every other country, it's like, no, the government is saying you cannot criticize them. That's yeah. where we're at. We have a, the First Amendment. But these big companies have, have taken over the commons. And whatever the left is today, this is hilarious. Donald Trump talked about pardoning Edward Snowden. Yep. And the ACLU tweeted out, this is one thing we're, we're, we say yes to. And they got attacked relentlessly. How dare you defend the president? The orange man is bad. This should not be. It, was, it got roasted on Twitter saying, no, he's a criminal. That's who they've attracted. You know, and, and this is what, what, what really bothers me about people, the things they do, the things they say, the things they chase. The ACLU should take a good long look in the mirror and look at the people they've attracted because they don't believe in, in civil liberties. Like, you know, you, you can complain that there are people who follow me and comment and they say naughty words. I believe in free speech. As long as they're not breaking the law and inciting to violence, well, I don't, I don't appreciate what they say, but I think they have a right to say it. ACLU is the opposite. They're, they're, they're the anti-civil liberties union at this point. Though I'm ranting about the ACLU. But, it's, you know? but it's funny, though, that you say they did acknowledge that. So I would, I would put them in sort of a part of the progressive realm that, like Greenwald and Snowden, even who, and, and you know, the, those who they have values they do have some standards i agree with you that yeah, they they've, they've gotten unhinged but they did say they agree with that they did. because they had to because they tweeted like a couple years ago and the tweet still exists and people highlighted it laughing at them and they said no no we believe that but look at what happened with charlottesville they came out and defended free speech of charlottesville got attacked and started bleeding subscribers and then apologized and said, oh, we're going to review our First Amendment, you know, approach from now on. Isn't that crazy? Imagine the money that the ACLU would get if they got the actual free speech community to start supporting them. Like yep. the, the free speech community on the Internet is not giving money to the ACLU. Right. And it's like the people listening to this right now, if the ACLU would stand up for free speech, they would get huge surge of subscriptions. But it's like anti-Trump hate unites the factions of the left man from progressive far lefts to moderate corporate dems to passive liberals whatever they all hate trump and that's the go-to yeah it's funny it's like there you, you, you sort of have to pick which crowd of monthly subscribers you want well yeah yeah or you just stay true to yourself and people will come and go and some people will complain well, it, and yeah. you get emails where they're like you've changed man we don't, we don't like the direction you're going. And I say, I can only do me. You know what? I do what I want to do. No one's going to tell me what I can do. You know, I'm, well, then reason, like, you know, if, if, you wanna, if they're going to ban me from social media, well, then so be it. I'm going to do my thing. But nobody's going to tell me what I have to do. I just do what I feel like doing, what makes me happy. And that's all I've ever done. Well, you, you are a principled person and you are just one person. So it might be a little more complicated for the ACLU. So I understand kind of where they're coming from but if they were principled at all they would just say you know what we just support all free speech and if you want to stop supporting us because we support everyone's free speech fine the fact that we support everyone's free speech means that more people will be along later to give us money i think that would be great it's the long game yeah exactly yep but everybody is what, what I, th I i think if i was going to try and paint a picture of what was happening it's that everybody is sitting staring at each other side-eyed panicked like which one's going to be the one to get me dude i 
am terrified by the fact that even just on this stream, it's just like watching what we say. You said the R word. I said the R word. And I (laughs) I said sorry to you because I felt bad because you could potentially lose monetization on it. And it's just like that is not where the focus needs to be. It's so stupid. Yeah. I mean, you were trying to use it in the proper context. I I, I don't think it would. Yeah. No, it doesn't matter. uh, Yeah. Rick and Morty made a joke about it. (sighs) It's just become like it's Fahrenheit 451, bro. You say something that someone is offended by, so right, then everything's got to right be burned. Let's, let's make a bet right now on if uh, it's it'll be demonetized. demonetized. It definitely will. Okay, no joke. I'll bet you because ten. all right, I'll bet you ten bucks just because. I yeah. wouldn't. <laughs> I wouldn't be surprised. I, I was actually thinking, like, are they going to pull the stream? Nope, they didn't. No. They didn't. I'm Have not, you ever had a stream pull? Not us. Not yet. But it happens to people all the time. All the time. There was a funny thing that happened. I think this was Keemstar, big YouTuber. He said. And I'm gonna I'm gonna space this out very properly to yes. make sure. Oh, I remember this. The letter E was the first part of the word dash, and then he said the word girl. And the reason I said that is because when you say it really fast, it sounds like a potential slur. YouTube recorded it automatically with their speech to text algorithm as a slur, and he got demonetized. So sometimes you might not even say anything, and they'll say you do, and they will nuke your channel. They will they will shut you down. Mm-hmm. That's the state of the world today. But I'll tell you what, man, you can the left basically has impunity, basically has, because there are certain factions of the left, like the anti-war progressives and anti-establishment that don't. But if you're an establishment leftist, you can say whatever you want. Hotep Jesus said it the best. Joe, people hate Donald Trump so much that Joe Biden can say whatever he wants about black people and get away with it. Mm. That's the gist of what that's like a good example of what's happening. So how you solve it? I just, I guess you keep doing your thing, but I'll tell you what, I'm just lucky. I'm, I'm a, a disaffected liberal. I'm challenging the Democrats and the left-wing establishment and, and, and the old school Republicans who have joined them. They've banned a, a ton of the right-wing channels, conservative channels, not even the worst of the worst. And the only reason I'm still here is because as the cliff erodes, I wasn't standing on the, on the, on, on the right. So my time will come. They'll ban this channel. They'll ban my other channels. I, I, I fully believe so. Now, now, to be fair, I think, you know, with Crowder getting his monetization back, right. there may be some pushback happening. This, this may be a good thing. They may be trying to stabilize. And I do think they like me to a certain degree with their goal being like, let's make sure we support channels that play by the rules, that try and be family friendly and advertiser friendly and all these things. I have my limits, though, man. I did several videos on hydroxychloroquine. Like, you know what? If they ban me over this, so be it. And they've, and they've banned other. I've, I've seen whole channels get purged for one video, not even three strikes. You dare challenge the orthodoxy on COVID, and they will nuke you in two seconds. That's how crazy it's gotten. So you know, no go for uh, Jesse, for Ventura. Oh, to vote for him? <laughs> I don't look, man. I'm, I'm at this point. I'm basically a one issue voter, and the first issue was the riots. There, look, we we have this Democrat in Virginia getting char- you know two felonies for pulling down the statue. And I'm like, we need, we need it to stop. Because I got family in Chicago. They raised the drawbridges around the downtown area for like a week. Mass looting. The, the looting wasn't even Black Lives Matter. I mean, it kind of was because they were defended by the group. And some were kind of yelling that stuff. But that's just, it's just come down to mass chaos. You know, it's, it's, it, at this point, it's like, I, I cannot, I can't, I can't support the Democrats. No way. Clearly. Never, never been a fan of Republicans. 
I don't think Trump is all that bad. I think he's done a lot of really good things. And when I look at the options, I think the best chance at shutting down whatever it is the left is doing is to make sure they don't get in office. There's just something about me that loves little glitches in the matrix. I feel like Jesse Ventura is a glitch because he was a libertarian. He's running the Green Party. And there's like that, you know, I feel like that's sort of where you're at. It's like this crossover between libertarian and progressive. And it's just rational people who will talk about what's going on. Honestly, that's it. That's I, all like we, we can get that. We, we it's not going to happen. But like nobody, it's only black or white. People won't even talk about I, I, I've seen nothing about Jesse. Yeah, I haven't either. I actually didn't even know that he was involved. No one knows because no one will talk about him. They don't think it's possible. No one ever thinks that a third party is possible. It could. I mean, Trump was look, possible. Like, thir- I, possible, I think right? I think this. Look, I'm not going to vote third party. I don't care. Um, vote your vote for who you think needs to win and, and never let anyone tell you otherwise. If you think Jesse's the right guy, you, you go out and vote for him. If you think it's Joe Jorgensen, you go vote for her. If you think it's Joe Biden, you vote for Biden. If you think it's Trump, you vote for Trump. For me, I normally don't vote, but I, I think we're looking at a serious existential threat. We've got mass writings going on for, I think we're on like 11 weeks or some ridiculous number, 11 weeks and 30 plus people dead. And just the other night in Portland, some dude got punted in the face and banged yeah. his head on the ground. Mm-hmm. And, but this is just one more incident. Yeah. And so if the Democrats won't do anything to stop it, then I'm like, well, then you know what? Trump's got to come in and, and, and you know, actually, it's not, it's not even necessarily Trump. It's the local politicians. Well, and I do agree with you that the third parties, if they're ever going to have a chance, I'm not even saying, I don't even know idea who I'm going to vote for, but um, everyone has a responsibility to, to make themselves known and to make, like Jesse clearly isn't doing a good enough job to make it clear that he's going to stop the riots and bring out some sort of, resp- you know, serious civil discourse that, that gets us through this. But yeah. But, but you know what, man? I, I've, I've always said I, I, I hate voting against someone, but I'm absolutely voting against the Democrats. And that's it's the, the old school establishment Republicans fled the Republican Party in panic, became the never Trumpers. These people are vile. They join the Democratic establishment and the Democratic establishment is vile. And so now you've got your choice. Bernie Sanders sold out, joined the establishment. And now you have your choice between letting the establishment back in take control and do their thing again. No way. Or Trump. He's a bull. He's ran, he's 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 shutting them down. And I'm like, eh, I'll take the bull. Right. The let, pe- let them go through and, and, and do something because I'm, I, these people are nuts. These are bad people. The establishment politicians. Yeah. And I think both parties are trash. But for me, we got mass riots. We can't. What do we do? We just sit back. We got mass censorship. I'm not even convinced the Republicans will actually do anything about censorship, but it's better than nothing, I guess. Let's take some, uh, let's take super chats because we're, we're, we're a little late on yeah. super chats. Gareth Green says, the only porn video I've ever seen in my life was posted on Twitter for all to see almost three years ago. Also, do you think Jack is secretly trying to help the right by making them look sane by comparison? Yes. This is actually something that uh, I talked about before. By only getting rid of the worst actors on the right and letting the left go crazy, it makes the left look awful. You know, the left is now dominated by these crazy policy ideas and by crazy people. Inadvertently, makes the right look clean and good. I don't know what you think. You think you know? Let's read some more super chats. Brett Stubb says homeschooling doesn't have to be hard. We've done it for ten years. We built an online distance learning homeschool co-op, and I'd love to talk to you about it. 
Don't care about the money. I care about my four kids and the millions of others who got life shut down. Feel free to uh, shoot an email over to spintheufo at gmail.com. That's yeah, the, check it that, out. That's it. Yeah. Yep, and we'll take a look. Let's see. Kicksack. Kicksack. Quicks. I can't pronounce this. My sister is a music teacher in the public school system. She had a Zoom class session that had someone get in and start posting sausage. Wow. She ended the session immediately. Zoom is a horrible solution for homeschool. Why did we all of a sudden start using Zoom? What happened to Skype? Is it not, not big enough? I don't know. Something about maybe the stability of the connection was just, I have no idea. It does seem arbitrary. Yeah. All I know is somebody was like, oh, we're doing a meeting on Zoom. I was like, okay. And, oh, no, no. It was the Patreon case on Zoom. So I downloaded Zoom. It crashed the sound card on my computer and I'm panicking. I'm like, I can't do my job because the sound card wasn't working. No, no, it's, it's, not, it's not necessarily the sound card, but it's like uh, the audio inputs were all busted. The, the drivers were busted. Yeah, I, don't, I mean, the, I don't go- think the government is basically guaranteeing their uh, their financial success. It's it, it seems overly reliant on one platform. Like, why not? You know, there's one, I'll give Isn't a shout Zoom out. Chinese. There's one uh, open source encrypted video chat solution that that Snowden did uh, shout out to as well called Jitsi, which is fine. It's good. It's open source. It's encrypted. It works. It's you know they're not funded well enough. But if they yeah. were funded to the degree that Zoom was, we have we have a Jitsi integration in, in groups on Minds, and you know it works fine. Just got, I don't know, man. Yeah, I'll I'll mention this too before we read some more super chats. Uh, Bill Bill came down because he's helping me set up my website Timcast.net, which is going to be like members exclusive content behind the scenes stuff. We're aiming for that's there's a lot of work that has to be done. And that's all basically built on the mines infrastructure. So I just want to give a shout out to that because I know I've been talking about expanding recently and we're going to have an actual standalone website. As we talk about all the censorship, this is the reason, you know, join for 10 bucks a month on timcast.net. Well, soon. Soon. I mean, you could, (laughs) but it's not there yet. We literally just hit the domains today. Yeah. James Jimerson says, I came here for the truth, the news. Tim, Lydia, love y'all. Keep up the fight for our nation. Trump 2020. Appreciate the support. Thanks, guys. Top Gundy says ACLU body cam streaming, Tim. Is that a, so that, so I don't know exactly what you mean, but there was a reference where the ACL sued to stop the Portland police from live streaming. So how did like, what? It's just, the, it, I'm it's like, reverse. shouldn't the police be filming yeah. everything? Well, they're, they're filming people's faces. I don't care. I guess the idea is that body cam footage is private until necessary and stream footage is public all the time. Can't they just run it through some sort of face blur yeah. system if it's released or something like that you'd think that'd be pretty simple right I yeah don't know. No. all right we're gonna read some of the early super chats yes. because many people are asking about adam johnny mentology says may we please have a eulogy for adam he's doing his own show over at adamcast irl he broke 100k subs he's gonna get his, his silver medal so uh, we're it. stoked yeah we were, we were talking a little bit earlier he's still here we're still hanging out he's just doing his show man sam trendy j says hey tim i love the content I've been watching for the past month. During your rant where you urged people to stand up to their bosses against anti-racism training, you mentioned you left a job at Disney. What was that job? I worked for a company called Fusion, which was an ABC News Univision joint venture. And I basically said, you know, this is, I don't want to do this and I I don't want to be here, but I was under contract. So for, for that, they just said, well, you're under contract. And I was like, yeah, golden handcuffs. I got paid well. And that was about it. 
A bunch of people saying the audio was messed up. That was true. Yep. That was true. I hope it's not true anymore. People are saying, turn the audio on and off again. That was the, We did the, do that. We, we, we got a lot of super chats for everyone <laughs> saying, the mics are bad. That's very profitable. And now more. You know what? We should do this more often. I I'll break the audio so, so that... Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Thanks, Buku. It's also... Uh, uh, it's also... I'm just gonna, I'm just going to mention it. We had, we had some beers on the show. See, I don't normally drink. Oh. oh. Whoa. What? It's very adult. <laughs> yep, very adult. Well, I wasn't... You guys don't have to owe me. I was just <laughs> saying, like, most people might not notice Dude, you thought we were going to get demonetized for... For, for drinking? Yeah. Oh, I don't care. Yeah. I didn't say we, we couldn't... You know, I was like, we won't make a big deal out of, like, having some beers. Yeah. But I don't think it's a big deal. No, I don't the know. Only, maybe, the only maybe, other time I've seen you drink uh, was when we got... Actually, we got invited to uh, Donald Trump's house. Oh, Donald yeah. Trump's, oh, the White House. That's right. <laughs> That's the White right. House, yeah. We, 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 we had a drink before. We Special both, Bill, Bill and I both went to the White House. We, we both got invited to the White House, and we both went. And we went to a bar out front, and I'm like, I don't drink, but I'm having a drink. Yes. I'm going to the White House, <laughs> I and I, I can't remember that. what I got. Was it like just like it's some like a margarita, like right? Got a vodka, maybe? Yeah, it was a vodka something. Yeah. yeah. Yep. Too and funny. then we went to the White House. <laughs> Silly the Civic ball. Nationalist says, when this starts, it's 1 a.m. over here. I watch you and the podcast to get a balanced news on issues going on over there. Can you see the parallels with Germany before the rise of AH as what's happening in your country? I mean, I think so, but I think it's, you know, I was reading about the Spanish Civil War. I don't know if you've read any of this stuff. It sounds a lot more, it sounds a lot like the Spanish Civil War. I watched this really awesome YouTube documentary about it, and I was kind of like, wow. What's it called? I can't remember. I can't remember. But they talk about, you know, people don't understand is that civil war from our perspective is north versus south because we had the civil war here. But they don't realize in many other countries it was pockets. It was like the cities turned blue and the country turned red and then they started fighting over territory and then it split into dominant areas. And in the Spanish Civil War, there were like the left group was segmented in like three different areas at one point. We could see something like that. I don't know. I, I will say I am trying to move from this. We, we just totally upgraded the studio. I'll, I'll post something on Instagram after we're done yeah. and do like a walk around to show you. We just, I just decided like we're going we're gonna to fix everything up. We've got more, we got a bunch of awesome guests coming. Oh We've gosh. got a bunch of people running for Congress. Um, I can't remember who, we're, we're talking to some people who haven't confirmed yet, mm -hmm. but we've got some, you know, Republican candidates who are definitely going to be coming down, which is really interesting. And uh, anyway, I'm trying to move out of here because I think it's going to be bedlam uh, November to January or, or beyond. I think we've already seen them go to residential neighborhoods. I think it's going to hit the suburbs of every major city. I could be wrong. I am not giving you advice. I am telling you what I see and what I'm going to do. But I will say, I thought there were going to be riots earlier in the year. Then we got mass riots. Mm -hmm. I was worried about shelves running dry from food. The shelves ran dry of food at many stores. Things are still stable. It's fine. You can go to the store. You can buy what you need. It's not the end of the world. That's why I've always said the world's not going to end. Just you know, get extra beans and then have taco night if you don't you know if you yeah. if you're going to eat them. But I think it's going to get nasty. That's just my opinion. Are you going to stock up harder in the new digs? Definitely. Yep. Lots of bullets. Mm -hmm. I was advised by everyone, like a thousand bolts for every gun. And I'm like, hmm, mm. that seems low. <laughs> I'm kidding. <laughs> uh, we're going we're gonna to have, uh, we already have some emergency food. We're going to have a ton of emergency food, mostly because it's actually going to, like, we're, we're upgrading to a place where we can have more people working. So there's going to be a lot of people in and out. And it's not so much about, like, having a prepper haven with, like, an underground bunker. No, but we'll have food. We have, it's, it's, it's a well water system with great filtration and all the stuff. And I'm not worried about the world ending. I'm just worried about, you know, serious instability. It's already really hard to buy certain equipment. That surprised me. It's already hard to buy certain clothing items. For some areas, like you can still basically get everything you need, 
but I was shocked at how much rolled back throughout this year. So I'm like, you know what, man? I'm never going to be one of those guys with like, you know, a year's worth of beans in the basement, but we're going to have, you know, a pantry. It's actually like we're moving to the middle of nowhere. So we're going to have like a month on hand for the most part of canned goods and dry foods just because we're not going to drive two hours to the store every day or something like that. Yeah. But I'm getting out of here just because I'm like, who knows? You, you know, what, man, I lived in New York. I left and then people were planting. I, 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 I left the city and went to the Jersey side. People planted bombs. And then I'm like, I don't want to be here, man. Now New York is a, is a disaster zone. If I stayed there, wow, that would have been bad. I, I like if, if I kept doing my show as I did it and I, and I went to New York or stayed in the New York Metro, man, would I be unhappy. And Dude, it'd be really hard to get out and move. Standard of living just exponentially increases as you eject from highly concentrated and populated areas. Yeah, it's pretty. I mean, the, so wh- why are people like what, what's the fetish with having this horrible standard of living and you like hardly go out and see anybody anyway? In cities. <laughs> you, you live in a gigantic concrete block on top of other people. <laughs> and I did pla- for six years. <laughs> and, oh, and everything smells like sour milk. New York smells like sour milk, man. Especially if you've been like in the country for a long time, you come back. People get what? What is it called when you when you can't smell anymore? Nose blind. Nose blind. Yeah. Yes. I, can, I don't know if that's like the you scientific get, you term. You get nose blind when you mm. show up, and all of a sudden, like, man, walking through Manhattan and seeing the milk running through the drain. Right. It's like the reverse of smelling all the manure in the fields. Yeah. 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 When yeah. You, you right. Lose that sense of smell when you live yep. out there. Yeah. yeah or going to, or that. going to the beach and smelling the fish and the salt yeah. and the you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You go to the city. It's like the, the sour milk just becomes a natural part of the environment, and this and it's just dirty, dirty, dirty. When it rains, people don't know this. Like when it rains in New York, it kicks all of the grime and chemicals and garbage from the street up into the air and you breathe it all in. Mm. New York's nasty. Dude. Actually, one, one thing that, uh, that Joe brings up all the time is the, the rubber, uh, the brake pad uh, dust yeah. from in, in the streets. Yep. That's just, you know, invisible. Dude, there's, but always... think, think about everything in the streets. There's oil, there's gas, there's dirt, there's metal shavings. When it rains, people don't know this. They're like the smell of rain, right? It's dead plant matter. The rain hits the ground and it kicks all the dead plant stuff into the air and you smell it. Imagine that in a city and you're like, oh, I love the smell of rain and all the lead and like gas and oil just like going in your lungs. City living, man. You know, when I was younger, I was really excited to be in the big city. Now it's just like, nah. It's I mean, they're probably going to end up being like all self-driving electric cars. Which yeah. would improve it. They're changing a lot right now. Forcibly. So we have a super chat here from Craig Bragg. It says, hey, Tim and Lids. Tim. I was wondering what kind of gun you own. There's room for both of you guys and Adam on YouTube. There's room for small channels like mine too. Shameless plug. Um, I'm not sure if I'm supposed to say what kind of weapons I have, but uh, I have many. Uh, you know, it's, it's crazy. Look, in January, I was like, no guns in the house. None. Now I've got a gun relatively close to where I'm sitting right now. A very quick evolution. Yes. Very, very quick change. When you have threats, someone trying to break in your house, a pandemic, and mass riots for 11 weeks. Now we got, there's a, there's actually, we have a bunch of uh, recurve bows mounted on the walls. Yeah. Um, we got a Hungarian composite traditional bow. That's just for fun. Cause we, 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 you know, we wanted to just do, we, I have like foam, big foam, like you put water on them and you just bounce it off the wall and stuff. It's fun. But uh, as soon as I could, as soon as I got that license to go get armed, I did. So I can't say, I can't say, but there's many, there's enough. John Spock says, what do you think about the Millie Weaver situation? Also, please excuse the mob mentality shown in my first tweet. Unless we're bringing back a version of Uganda Knuckles, 
Soy Knuckles. Um, I looked at the story on the Millie Weaver situation, and so far it seems like she had a conflict with her mother. If the story is true, the crazy thing about the Millie Weaver scenario is that the mom didn't want to press charges or anything, and then they came out with felony charges anyway. So it definitely seems like some kind of, I don't know, man, they apparently issued a warrant, you know, on July 20th, like a month ago or something. But some people think she's being Assanged and they were looking for a reason to go after her. I think that's over the top for me because her documentary has received way more attention because of the arrest. I don't know if you heard about the military. sand effect. Exactly. Oh, yeah, exactly. Sure. Right. So. JVJGG says, love everything you guys do. Stay true. Guest suggestion, Hodge Twins and Steven Crowder Ooh. could even do Skype calls or something similar. We're trying to really avoid Skype calls because audio quality and there's something really just better about having people in person. It's way more fun. And, you know, it was actually fortuitous, I guess. All this weird censorship stuff happened with like Babylon B and Bill Mitchell while you were coming down to help set up the site. So I was like, Bill, sit in the chair. Let's let's talk about this stuff. Yeah, Babylon B set up on, on Minds recently too. Oh, yeah. cool. That's exciting. Oh, wow. Right on. Sarcastic Shadow says, Bill, is there any feature on Minds so that my entire YouTube library can be moved over several hundred videos? If so, I'd like to make the jump. If not, can such a feature be made? Yeah. <laughs> yes. Turn yes. on, go to minds.com slash canary. Turn on the experimental beta mode. Go to your settings. Go to other, and you'll see some stuff. Cool. So you, so you can just click sync. You can, but it's in beta. There can be lag time, so be patient with it. But cool. yeah, yeah. You guys anticipated that. That's great. All right, let's see. Let's uh, we'll jump down here because we're we're going a bit over, but it's fine. We we got we start talking a bit. Brian S says Kafka traps SJW's favorite weapon. Don't fall for it. Will not. Will Ferris says who is the new soy Jesus? So uh, Adam has his own show, Adam Cast IRL on YouTube, and he recently broke 100k subs. This is Bill, who's just in town. We have we have another guest coming tomorrow. We have Carrie Smith. I prefer other plant based protein. Yeah. Other, yeah, yeah. I don't like soy. <laughs> no, I'm not no. Into it. like oat milk. But uh, tomorrow we have Carrie, Carrie Smith is her name, right? I'm yeah, that is her okay. name. That's correct. She is. She wrote this article, liberal, who's now leaving the left, voting for Trump. And we're going to have her on and we're going to talk news and politics like we normally do. And we've got a bunch of other guests coming out too. Jack Murphy on Wednesday. So I'm really excited. We've got someone who's you're, you guys are going to absolutely just absolutely be stoked on on Friday. But I'm not going to say it yet because, you know, maybe I should. I don't know. Whatever. I'm not going to say it. So Bill was here talking to us about censorship because he works with Minds. He's a CFO for Mines, yeah. right? Bill Ottman. Am I getting this correct? That's it. Okay, just checking. I just want to plug that real quick. <laughs> Let's see. Shu Shirako says, I don't do politics nor religion. I wouldn't mind watching the world burn. However, being in the know in MX, I'll pray for both Barr and Trump as they charge towards a Leviathan that traffics humans. Well, that's that woman who, I'm not going to say her name, but uh, they absolutely are. Yes. And I wonder how deep that goes because there are deep connections to that woman. You know who I'm talking about. Yep. I'll just say it. It's, it's Ghislaine Maxwell, you know. Let's see. Have Tome says, what to do if an advanced alien species comes calling? It is three pages long and it begins with step one, find God. AI Unleashed will probably be this. It is the two plus two equals four revealed by James Lindsay. I have a really, I have a, I have a fun conspiracy theory. It's not a real conspiracy theory. It's just a fun thing to play around with. So I don't believe it's true. I'm just giving you that warning before they clip this. But, uh, Hit that like button if you enjoy the show. You can follow me on Twitter, Instagram, Parlor, and Minds at TimCast. And you 
Bill, you're on Minds. I, I think. Yeah, Minds.com slash Otman. O T T M A N. And that's Minds, M-I-D-S. M-I-N-D-S. M-I-N-D-S. <laughs> Mids. Mids. Mids.com. Mids. 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 Very different M-I-N-D-S. <laughs> I feel like uh, Homer when he said S-M-R-T. I am so smart. I just saw uh, the, the voice actor of Homer. Have you ever seen that guy? Yeah. And he well, does like, like five different language, different characters. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's Dan- so Dan- weird to see him do it in person. Right. Yeah. Anyway. <laughs> Here's my fun conspiracy theory. Caveat. I am not saying this is true. I was wondering... What are all of these things that are happening and why they're doing it? This is a fun fictional idea. <laughs> you ever see War of the Worlds? Yes. The movie? Or like, the, you know, the aliens died from human pathogens? Mm-hmm. Well, people keep saying, right, that aliens are next. What if they are? And the reason we have to wear masks and wash our hands is because we're getting rid of as many pathogens as possible. Here's what I was thinking, right? We're not just getting rid of COVID. We're getting rid of everything, you know? The but, common cold, flu, like if people mm-hmm. aren't coughing on each other, if people are wearing masks, if people are social distancing, it's not just COVID that's going to go by the wayside. It's going to be a ton of random viruses, pathogens, bacteria, whatever, right? What if, because the aliens are coming and the aliens will get sick. So, you know, to avoid a war of the world scenario, the people of the world have to socially distance. Hmm. Yeah. I'm but half kidding. What makes viruses stronger what what do you mean i mean you know in terms of building up immunities i mean what would be better for the aliens not having us littered with random viruses popping out all over the place for us we might be better but the aliens would be better off with the least amount possible we would i mean arguably we'd be better off with no viruses at all Hmm. and like no like if they didn't exist you know, they, they, not not every virus kills us. Some of them actually get along with us very well to the point where we don't destroy them. Our bodies don't know. But you do want a strong immune system. You do keep your immune system tough by having constant, you know, being constantly in battle. But the joke I'm trying to bring up yeah. is it would be a funny thought. But we, we have seen these weird, you know, UFOs. You see these Miami videos, man? What was that thing that Harry Reid said you were talking about earlier? Yeah, Harry Reid... Let's see. He said something like, we this got- This is a quote from Harry Reid just about two weeks ago in the New York Times. Um, Mr. Reid said, more should be made public to clarify what is known and what is not. Quote, it is extremely important that information about the discovery of physical materials or retrieved craft come out. Oh, snap. So, you know, whatever you and there think was, about that. There was a consultant- who apparently testified that he believes they're off-world materials, like vehicles off-world or whatever. Mm-hmm. You know what? There was a it. correction. Oh, there on, was. There was a correction on that a little bit after. it was He backpedaled. An earlier version of this article inaccurately rendered remarks attributed to Harry Reid, the retired Senate Majority Leader from Nevada. Mr. Reid said he believed that crashes of objects of unknown origin may have occurred and that retrieved materials should be studied. Okay. He did not say that crashes had occurred and that retrieved materials had been studied secretly for decades. An earlier version <laughs> also misstated the frequency with which the Director of National Intelligence is supposed to report on unidentified aerial phenomena. It is 180 days after enactment of the Intelligence Authorization Act, not every six months. I don't know, man. I don't see how they could originally report that. Like, that's a crazy quote. I know. To get, you know. Everybody went nuts. I mean, 
to retract like that's a backtrack it's it feels like a backtrack maybe they got the quote wrong but it seems like that's here's, so unlikely here's what we all want to happen <laughs> yeah we we want to have had happened that he was telling the truth and in his old age slipped up and then you know the secret government organization told him to walk it back and he did what probably happened is that he said some things and the reporter screwed it up and the reporter you think that's more likely absolutely dude you know you know what the Galliman amnesia effect is? No. You let, Let's say you were reading the news and you saw an article about social media and it said some ridiculous nonsense like, you know, by using the uh, Twitter's ADI, you know, they're able to connect, you know, uh, other programs on the web. And then you're like, ADI? What, you mean API? What is this? Who wrote this? They have no idea what they're talking about. <laughs> then you, you click over the next link and it's like, War in Syria, you know, president declares blah, blah, blah. And you go, wow. That's the Galman Amisha effect. Mm. That you didn't, you, 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 you read something in which you're an expert and notice it's fake news and then assume the rest of it's all good. So when they come out with these quotes or whatever, what really happened is he was talking. Somebody was writing things down really fast, went back, couldn't read their handwriting and said, mm, here's what he said. I feel like the New York Times is, especially with sensitive articles like this, which they only put out every so often, you know, a big UFO piece out of the New York Times is like, that's what everyone's waiting for these days. Mm -hmm. And you just have to, I, I would think that the editors would be scrutinizing these quotes more than that initially. And uh. put it this way, even if they, even if you're right, the context of this is still like, wait a second, how is this not the only thing that's being you know, this should be getting at least some percentage of, of constant airtime. The, the if, fact that this listen, is, yeah. If I made a video titled Joe Biden drops out of the race, Hillary Clinton, you know, uh, decides to run, I'd get a million views in an hour. And then all I have to do is put correction. None of it was true. <laughs> yeah. Let's say Hillary Clinton recently came out and said she's ready to serve in the Biden administration. Let's a news a news outlet could just write Hillary Clinton announces she will be serving in the Biden administration. They'll get a million hits. They sell all the ad space. They make all that money. And then an hour later, after they've milked it, they put correction. She said she was willing to not that she is. That's our mistake. They I think they are bad at what they do. It's not that it's, I, I totally agree that that is what would happen. But the you know, this article, regardless of if there was a backtrack, is saying that UFO findings are becoming public and it's in the Intelligence Authorization Act that this is mandated to, for there to be disclosures, more regular disclosures right now. So, you know, that's good news at the end of the day, regardless of backtracking. I would love to believe the aliens are next, but I just don't. I, I don't it's been a crazy year, man. It's been yeah. the craziest year, you know. Oh, it's been, uh, who knows what's coming. Joe Biden might fall asleep during the debates. <laughs> some weird crazy thing aliens land then they come out and they say thank you for social distancing and now we won't be, get, be getting sick the war of the world scenario i don't know maybe maybe everybody's just lost their minds because of social media you know what you know what the great filter is fermi's paradox yeah elon tweeted about it yesterday the, the fermi's paradox basically if intelligent life exists why haven't we encountered it yet the great filter theory is that all great civilizations eventually wipe themselves out because something filters them. Maybe we didn't realize that social media would be hmm. the great filter. Hmm. We thought it was nuclear bombs. No, 
it was mass hysteria. Humans weren't meant to operate on this kind of scale. There's a lot of things humans weren't meant to do in terms of how we function and exist. It doesn't mean we can't survive because we have brains that can adapt very, very quickly. But this level of information is creating random pockets of insanity. You've got conspiracy theories that persist on the right. And these people are marginalized in seconds. They're mocked and ridiculed. And some of them stand up for it. On the left, you have unhinged conspiracies running rampant for the past decade nonstop. I mean, Russiagate, Ukraine Gate, now the post office. It's all just ridiculous insanity. So we're just losing our minds. Maybe that's the great filter. Hmm. Every great civilization, once they get to a point where they have instant transmission communications, you know, the information flow is so rapid, you can't actually create a controlled system. It's almost like we're living our, it's almost like social media is static. There's no cohesive message. It's just random, everything crashing into each other. Mm -hmm. But here's the thing. I feel like, and I'm not trying to say that we're, you know, we have, we're smarter or anything like that, but you know, would you agree that people who are more unhinged ha- have less access to information? The, uh, like, are they are they absorbing the full spectrum of information available in order to be able to come up with an informed decision making ability? It's like, like it's I, it's it's not an issue of whether they have access to it. It's an issue of how human beings are and the system that's being handed to them. So. When given the opportunity to explore information, they choose what makes them feel better. They go insane. But they're also being engineered to believe these things. And so, you know, you've done good work to educate yourself outside of just what is in your Twitter feed. Right. And so, therefore, you're able to make informed decisions. So I would just hope, I, you know, maybe it's not true, but the, the more access to information that we have, the more ability we have to make decisions about what the hell is going on. You know, if we had access to what was really going on with aliens, the classified information, then we can start to understand why the hell some we're things here. are opinions, you know, like uh, some some people say we should run this program to save people in this way. And someone says that's a bad idea. This is a better idea. And even if, you know, I mean, let's think about questions of like the death penalty. Some, some questions just don't have easy answers no matter what you know. Mm-hmm. So ultimately, I think if we did synchronize with like the great network to better understand everything, it's like an, there's an Outer Limits episode about this where everyone has like a thing on their head that just gets the information. We would still be polarized based on ideology. You know, I, I guess eventually one side will dominate and wipe out the other side. But maybe that'll happen before the aliens actually arrive. Or maybe the aliens are actually here right now. We have gone over by about 20 minutes, so I'm going to wrap it up there. If you haven't already, you can hit the like button to really help out the channel. Sharing this, the, the show really helps. We are uh, picking things up, getting ready for a new set of guests. Shows a little bit more chill because, you know, Adam was basically the hype man. So you can follow Adam on YouTube, AdamCastIRL. And his channel is still linked in, in uh, on his channel is linked on our channel. So definitely make sure you check out Adam if you're a big fan. And, you know, he's going to do really, really well on his show. We're going to have more guests coming up. So if you want, you can follow me on Twitter, Instagram, Parler, and Minds at TimCast. You can also check out TimCast.net, which will be, you know, up and running soon. We're getting there. And you can check out YouTube.com slash TimCast and YouTube.com slash TimCastNews. Those are both my channels with way more content. Because I put out a ridiculous amount, like 12 videos per day that are like, I don't know, I record like four, five hours every day. 
I think I record more than any other political commentator in the world. I'm, You're an animal, dude. Yeah, seriously. I'm just, I have, I have some kind of weird uh, problem where I can't stop talking. <laughs> it's true. I mean, they've noticed. They're watching. They're like, yeah, Tim doesn't shut up. I know. I don't know. It's what, yeah, I turned it into a job, you know? You, you, you take the cards you're dealt and you play with them. That's right. So I don't know if you want to mention anything before we wrap up. No. Hit me up. Minds.com slash Ottman. Let's do this. One of the answers to censorship is competition in the market. So, you know, Bill, glad to have you. Thanks for hey, thanks doing for what you do. Me. So much fun. And then, of course, there's Lydia at Sour Patch Lids, L-Y-D-S. You yes. can uh, follow her on, what, uh, Twitter and Parlor. Twitter and Parlor. Not yep, Instagram. So far, Otherwise, not you'll Instagram. make some no, poor, poor person really upset. Mine soon. Yeah, and yes. mine's too. Oh, I am on Mines. Oh, my gosh. Okay. I'm on Parlor, Twitter, and Mines. Excellent. Just so you know. Diversify. That's right. Thank you all so much for hanging out. We'll be back tomorrow with Carrie Smith. She's a liberal who decided to vote for Trump. And I think like SJWs are like one of the biggest reasons. So we'll see you all then. And again, thanks for hanging out. Adios. Bye, guys.